64-bit legend. Welcome. Legend of the game like GoldenEye, I'm more than right. Yeah. The perfect dart is dreams that seem to come to life. 64-bit, the shit, it's as real as it yeah. gets. We can yeah. talk sports, games, and music, take your pay. With the news, pull up and crack a brew. Smoke one with the crew, tune in and take a view. Watch. We're here to raise the bar from the lowest mark. Sit your ass down and listen, it's time for the show to start. All right, welcome back to 64-Bit Legends. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. Uh, Schedules have been getting a little crazy in this uh, quarantine times. So um, I am uh, co-host Bobby ah, Bobby Caboose. I can't even talk. I know we're not used to it. Got to get the got to get the muscle memory back. So um, you can find me on Twitter and soon to be Instagram at B Caboose. That's K A B double O S E. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, for myself, it's uh, Melvin Troy M E L V I N T R zero Y. That's on everything. We got it: uh, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook. I've, I think there's a couple other things out there, but you know, just throw that in a Google search. You'll find me. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're back today, um, with, uh, something a little bit different. Um, we're kind of, we, we were talking about this the other day about, uh, music, um, and about like albums we like and like some of the originate, uh, origin, blah, the, the origins. origins is the word I'm trying to find origins of like how we get into music and so on. And it really came down to like, you know, what's the top albums, um, that, that really like stand out to us. And so what we did is we came up with 10 each. So 10 albums um, that, that are like our top albums of all time. Um, now the one caveat to that is, is like, it can't be multiple albums from the same artist. Right. So we had some cr- criteria. You could only have one album per artist, mm-hmm. no greatest hit albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty much it. We, um, well, probably not soundtracks, um, because yeah, no it, compilations, right? Yeah. So, um, but like something like you know the Jay Z R Kelly album probably could be on there, but yeah, I don't think either of us put it on there. But no. we're talking about you know the Nutty Professor soundtrack of <laughs> yeah. you know nineteen ninety seven. Um. Oh, and you can find the show on Twitter. Um. At uh, oh yeah, sixty four bit legends. Uh, Instagram now at sixty four bit legends. And we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Yeah, you're probably listening. You have, you got to be listening to this on one of those platforms. But if you're listening on a non-preferential one, um, go to another one. We're there. I'm, I'm still waiting to hear back from iHeartRadio though. They are they're tough. They are tough. They're fucking they're, never gonna they're, get they're us. They're probably uh, they're probably focusing on that Elton John concert on uh, Sunday. Oh, tomorrow. is that what they're yeah. doing? Well, no. uh, he's him and a bunch of artists. I saw a commercial for it. Him and a bunch of artists are putting on a. A concert for America. I'm ah, guessing via Skype or something. That's what we need. We need more celebrities to sing to us. Yeah, that that went over really well on Instagram we, uh, a couple weeks ago. We are the eight, or we are the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and uh, so we both uh, came up with our top ten albums that we can listen front to back to. Yes, it's um, front to back. Like it's one of those things, and everybody got it. Like we all know a lot of uh, artists that are really, really good. Like a lot of people. I'll, I'll throw this out there. A lot of people love the Beatles, right? But there's a lot of shit in their albums. Like, they're, they're really good songs. They're really, really good. But, you know, 
Rocky Raccoon is not one of them. <laughs> so, you know, you got to skip past those. But these are albums, in our opinion, are ones you can listen to front to back. You don't got to skip anything. And it's just really, really good. And it also is like the pinnacle of this artist in particular, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of the albums that I picked were surprisingly debut albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's a few of those in there. And... Uh, I think our lists are going to be very interesting because I uh, went particularly just straight rap. That's yep. what I listened to. Um, we were talking before. I don't know if I've ever listened to a, an actual other album full through. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of mine plus my f- little bit of honorable mentions are all rap. And mm-hmm. you have a variety of genres, which you know will bring in uh, even more listeners if they don't like the hip hop rap scene. Yeah. So um, I think it'll be a good dynamic today, and it's going to be a good conversation. You know, I, I just thought of this, and and you know maybe maybe we could make something out of it down the road, maybe not. But I think it might be interesting to since we have, I mean, we do have a shared taste in music, but we also have our own um, types. It, I think it'd be kind of interesting where maybe. Um, Maybe like next week, between next week, we suggest like something for each of us to listen to and then kind of review that. Yeah, that would uh, get like the opinions on. I don't know. We'll figure it off off air. I just I just came came to my mind. Um, We'll throw it. See see what happens. Maybe you'll hear that. Maybe you won't. And um, in the future, I mean, we'll probably say this at the end of the show, too. We have uh, a couple shows coming up. Um, We have the WrestleMania show part one and two next week because it's a two nighter. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, And we have our. Um, video game character draft coming yes, up. Yes, yes. We're gonna That's going to be in the works. Getting the works done on that. And yes, I know last time we promoted the St. Patrick's Day episode, we did record it. Um, there's a lot to go through on that. So that's going to be a little special nugget that will get dropped maybe down the road in the future. It got a little scary part got, two. Yeah, it got a little intense. So um, I got to I gotta go through that with a bit of a fine-tooth comb. Um, but, but you know what? It, it, it'll be great to, for us to rely on in case we got to take a week off so we don't have to miss a week like we did last time. But, um, you know, it's good to, good to have ones uh, in the chamber. Trust me, you'll like it when it does come out. Uh, it's just going to take a little time. All right. Well, uh, I guess we can jump uh, right into. Yeah, who wants to list? go first? You know well, what? Let's let's do let's flip a coin. Well, I was gonna say um, <laughs> to start off because we both have. You said you have two honorable mentions. I do have two honorable mentions. So I will start because I have three. Okay. And so I can go first and last. Okay, and then that you works. can start your yeah your uh, top ten list. Yeah. So, uh, but here's what I want to do with the honorable mentions. I want to save those to to the end. Oh, okay. I want to okay. do those. For, I want to get through the list and then we can run through the, okay. the honorable that's, mentions. That's perfect too. That's so. That's uh, with doing a live show. You know, yes. You know, we don't really prep. So yeah, we can flip a coin then. <laughs> okay. My idea, you know, just got shit on. So well, no, I wasn't trying to shit on it. I just because because here's the thing. Because uh, a couple of my honorable mentions. I want to save to the because it might give away some other stuff that okay, I'm talking about. Okay, that's why. Okay, so I mean, you can still go first. No, 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 no. You can flip okay. the coin. <laughs> okay, flip the coin. Uh, I will call it in the air. All right, what do you, heads? All right, it's tails. It's tails never fucking <laughs> fails. God damn it. Okay, so the first one, and we're going number ten first. Ten um, down to one. Uh, well, I, I don't have a particular order, but yes, we okay. could do that. Okay. I, I can I can kind of curate that in my head. Uh, from the list here, because it actually it does kind of work with the way I put it together. So, um, yeah. So I'll say number number ten. Okay. Uh, for myself, um, I would have to put this one at. Uh, this is a great album. It's not a rap album. Um, it's I, I, Radiohead. I like Radiohead. Radiohead's a great band to listen to. 
um, when you're just chilling, when you're just like, it's great to be in the background. Um, it's just very kind of mellow. I like later Radiohead. I like everything. I know that you probably don't really know much. But now what, what album? What so, particular album? So the album is In Rainbows. Okay. Um, it's one of their bigger ones. I mean, it's a bit cliche, actually, for me to say that I like that, because everybody likes In Rainbows. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really... Uh, there's a lot of experimental stuff in it, um, and it's just... It's one of those ones that I could put on, and I can, I can drink... Have a few drinks and listen to it. I can... Uh, take some weed butter and, and listen to it, <laughs> and it's just like it. It it's a very just chill album. I have it on vinyl, um, and I can pretend like I actually it sounds different, right? With that, yeah, um, you get you get the diff, like the actual almost recording, you know, yeah. with the vinyl. You get it's like raw, yeah, you know, yeah. So that's that one I would I would start with, um, and I think actually I think it's a really good album for anyone who hasn't listened to them before to start with. Um, okay, so be, for someone like me, yeah, I would check this one out first. Yeah, yeah, because they have some like their early stuff. Like everybody knows, I'm a creep, but that's like early Radiohead. Mm-hmm. By the time they get past, get into this album, they've got a comp- almost a completely different sound. Okay, um, they're not as hard. It's a lot. There's a bit more electronic elements in there, um, and that's really what I like. I like the way they incorporate the electronic elements in um, with with some of the uh, other sounds that they have. So. Um, yeah, check that out. Number 10. That's my number 10. All right. So uh, we'll go over to my number 10. And like I said, I went uh, all rap. I'm, you know, I was going to say pretty much rap, but no, it's 100% rap. <laughs> um, my number 10 is um, Easy E's debut album. Okay. Uh, Easy Does It. Okay. Um, came out in, I think, 86. And it was Dr. Dre's pretty much first album that he produced the entire thing, him and DJ Yella, mm, um, okay. right before they came out with uh, Straight Out of Compton. So, um, oh yeah, that's right. Because Easy E, Easy E was like the front, the yeah. headliner of the group, and yep. then so they started with him. That's so right. front to back, um, good storytelling. Ice Cube wrote pretty much the whole album. Him and Ren, mm-hmm. um, Boys in the Hood is in it. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. So it just kind of put them guys on the map, and just you know one of those albums that you can kind of just drive around and listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the. You know the weed butter and stuff, and listen to some some gangster stories from Compton, I guess. Well, yeah, you know something about that. Like I've I haven't listened to that album all the way through, but I know a lot of the songs from mm-hmm. there. And what's interesting is is it's like I, I'm a I am a big Ice Cube fan. I'm a big Dr. Dre fan, and it really is like it's almost like a collaborative effort um, where they just kind of have an Easy E obviously be the rapper, right? But it, it is it it's it. I think it works so well because. It has both of those elements. It's almost like if Dre would have produced a Ice Cube album, right? Like that's the closest thing. Because I don't think, I don't, I don't think, think no. they've ever done that. No. And the thing is, too, is like you said, it's it's almost all their works put into one guy. Yeah. And Easy was didn't even start as a rapper, right? And they had to kind of teach him how to rap. And yep. the the thing is, it's almost like it's almost like someone is like creating like like molding a rapper right. you know what i mean like you have all these elements different elements and you just kind of shove it into one person and make him a star and then everyone becomes a star around them on the collaboration album of nwa right so that's my number 10 easy does it uh by easy all right cool cool um next one for me um i'm gonna say uh tyler the creator is album goblin 
Now, that was the first album of his that I had heard uh, when it came out. I actually just clicked on it randomly on iTunes. This is back when I think that album came out like 2011. Um, and it got me into the whole Odd Future sound back then. They were just starting to really, um, you know, make some make some noise. And it, it kind of reminded me of a bit of like a Wu-Tang uh, style, like, you know, just the collaborative nature of all the members of the group of Odd Future, you know, with Tyler, the creator, making his own beats and rapping on them. Um, now, is this uh, is this with featuring that song with uh, in the video? He's just kind of sitting there and like the isn't, isn't there like a roach that comes yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, that's and, like the single from it, Yonkers. Okay. Yep, yep. So that whole that that was like the 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 big single. Um, but the rest of the album is really, really good. Again, it's it was experimental for the time. He changes his voice in a lot of stuff. He. Um, just kind of has like these he got some of these songs that uh there's a song called radicals that comes in like really hard like and then all of a sudden it's like a seven minute song and then all of a sudden it just switches into this really mellow kind of uh um what's the word like like just kind of like this uh um the way he's rapping is almost like um uh, it's like a, coming off the top of his head, just yeah. kind of the thoughts in his head, and uh, it's it's really really cool. Plus, it, it kind of reminds me of it's, there's obviously influences from like old school Eminem, D12 in there with a lot of the darker mm-hmm. uh, songs on it because his previous album Bastard um, came out like a year before that and was released for free and really you know kind of took advantage of those those elements that I guess that horrorcore sound you could yeah. say. Um, but uh, Goblin really kind of made it, you know, cleaned it up, made it uh, more uh, palatable uh, for a lot more people. And now, you know, he's in his own different realm, you know, doing shit like, you know, collaborating with Pharrell and everything. But this this I would consider one of those albums where it's not a, necessarily a debut album because he already had one. But this right. is like an official with a label behind him uh, release. And it really kind of captures like who he is. Well... Also, if you don't know much about Tyler the Creator, he kind of put the gorillas on the map, right? Um, no, that no? was uh, no. Del Defunct oh, Homo okay. Sapien. I got them confused. Yeah, my bad. Maybe one edit that. Yeah, out. maybe I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, that was from a. Uh, I think when that song came out, they would have priced the those kids would have still been in like high school. Or oh, something. okay, never mind. <laughs> Alright, well, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but Del the Funky Homo Sapien is awesome, and he's one of those guys, I will say, he, it was tough from not to make this list. Right. I will give that out, because I'm a big uh, fan of his, but he's one of those guys where he's, his good songs are really, really good, mm-hmm. but there's certain albums where it's just like, mm, yeah, there's, I gotta skip past some of these. Right. So. Um, okay, so my number nine, a um, little out there, not many people have heard of this album or heard of, heard of this guy. Um it's Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous by Big L. Okay. No, um, I haven't heard this. Big L had only two albums before he was uh, murdered in okay. the late 90s. He was shot. Um, I don't know the, really the backstory on it, but the his debut album, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, mm-hmm. every single song is good. The guy is a, a one-line king. I mean, the guy has punchlines after punchlines after punchlines. It's like, it's... Little Wayne before Little Wayne, but really? harder, more ghetto. Um, he's an East Coast guy too, right? Yeah, he's That's, a New York guy. Okay, um, I believe he was from Harlem. Okay, and like I said, he's um, he had a couple, you know, radio hits there. I guess you could call him. Um, uh, Put it on. 
uh, with featuring. Uh, let me look it up. Who he's featuring? I think it's Kid Capri. Okay. And um, but his he he's more of like a Nas type that doesn't really have those radio hits, but he had a right. couple videos. Okay. But the guy, I mean, he he has one line in a song that says. Uh, you know he's undefeated. It's the stone truth. It, fighting him is like fighting a gorilla in a phone booth. Like who comes <laughs> up with this shit? You know, and that and, is good. That's and, a good line. And every every song, every line is like that. It's just one after another after another. It's so clever okay. that um, he used to call himself the devil's son, mm-hmm. and uh, he said he knew the devil because that's who his mom was fucking with. Like just crazy shit. You know, like just way ahead of his time. And um, unfortunately, he only has the two albums. But yeah, what happened to him? Like, he got shot. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he was one of those, uh, you know, right after Biggie, right after right. Pac. Um, like uh, I think he, he, I think his first album came out in '97. His second maybe it came out in '98 or '99, and then shortly after hmm. his second album dropped, that uh, he passed away. But uh, one of the best lyricists you'll ever hear, and it's got that real gutter. Like underground sound, like, like, a, a, like a Wu Tang type. Okay, but um, I mean, he can speed it up like Twista. He can slow it down. Like he's definitely one to check out if you've never heard of him, and a lot of people haven't. Mm-hmm. But every time I introduce him to someone, they're like, man, this dude can rap. I'm curious that because again, I I probably he probably has like a hit or two that I've heard. Um, but I know I haven't really listened to him. He's one of those big hand rappers, like okay. like Craig Mack. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. In the videos, like he's only, like I said, he's only got like two or three videos. But he he's you know very animated with his hands, and he's yeah. you know sh- shaking it at the camera yeah. and shit like that. So I'm just picturing I'm picturing Craig Mack just throwing that flavor in your yeah, ear type. Yeah, stuff. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if he, I think if he would have uh, stayed around longer, he would have been um, one of the you know on people's top five lists. So okay. check it out, Lifestyles of the uh, Poor and Dangerous. Right, yeah, that one I'll have to. I'm actually on Spotify. I'm going to add that to the, uh, to I have an ongoing like, hey, listen to this playlist. Um, and then speaking of which, I got to go back to my list uh, as far as, what are we on, uh, seven? No, we're eight? on eight. Um, let's see. There was, so as far as eight goes, I would have to say, um, I said Tyler the Creator already. Um, so I'm going to throw this one out there. This is a short one. This is another, it's a non-rap one. It's only got four songs on this album, but I think it is one of the best. Um, it's an electronic album it's called Boards of Canada. Uh, again, very like mellow electronic music from like, I think this came out in the late 90s. And uh, it's it's called, um, what, what is it? Oh, actually, I always get the name wrong. It's a, a Beautiful Place Out in the Country. And it's got four songs in it. It's actually inspired by, and it made me listen to it in a whole new light because I always listen to it as like something to like right before I go to bed. Maybe I smoked or something, right, right. and I'm chilling. And it just got like this really trippy but chill sound to it. And then I was reading about like what it's actually about, and it's hard to even categorize a song or an album without lyrics to be like it's about something. Right, right. But it was inspired by. Did you ever hear of like the uh, that cult? The the what was it called with Jim Jones where they drank the Kool Aid? Yeah, yeah, and they all wore the Nike. Uh, was that the one I, they all wore the Nikes? No, I think that was the the Heaven's Gate one. Okay, this one was like it was like a religious cult, and then they were down in Texas, I want to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they ended up drinking the Kool Aid and committing suicide that way. So it's inspired by that. So then a lot of times when you listen to it, now knowing that, I'm like, oh, there is like a sinister sound underneath some of this stuff. Like it seems, a lot of it sounds innocent. Like there's one where there's like um, 
kind of like you hear kids kind of in the background. I mean, it's one of these albums you really got to get a good pair of headphones on and then just like focus on. Right. Um, but it, I, it's one I always go back to. Now, how long is each track? Because each uh, electronics usually a lot longer, right? Yeah. So it's probably about I want to say they're maybe up to seven minutes between okay, four to seven long. minutes, and it's only four. It's an EP technically. Right. Um, but Boards of Canada is another one of those ones where they got some really good. If you're into like, I forget what the genre would be. It's electronic, but there's a subgenre. If you're really into that mellow, like trance-like stuff, they're really good. But they put a lot of like weird little like 15-minute clips in between some of their songs. Yeah. And then after a while, I could skip past that. Right. You know. So, but this one is just like it's in and out. It's perfect. It's it. I I highly suggest if you're really fucking high on something listen to this and go to a beautiful place out in the country (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh my number eight is um sticking with the rap theme of course Mm -hmm. is uh fabulous real talk Mm. uh this is the album that featured breathe i'm sure you heard yes i do know breathe um and pharrell is all over this album this was like what early 2000s uh oh four okay yeah and um it's a hot time for the neptunes yeah you know, I'm looking at the list right now as far as the songs, and Pharrell's at least featured in, on three of them, um, and I'm sure he produced more. Nate Dogg's on the album. Sean Paul was big at the time. Jeezy. Um, he's even got a uh, song featuring Charlie Murphy. Really? That does kind of. He kind of does a skit in the middle okay. of the song, but um, the the big songs off of it were uh, "Baby." Um, that, they, that fucking describes anything. <laughs> um, breathe, um, tip. Uh, what was it? Tip for tap featuring Pharrell. Um, the album front to back, my probably my favorite fabulous album. Um, it was actually a toss up between this and um, uh, from something to nothing, or is that uh, from nothing to something? Mm-hmm. Got it reversed. But between those two albums, I could only pick one, so I picked Real Talk. Both those albums front to back are phenomenal fabulous is i think a very underrated rapper mm-hmm. uh he's been around forever um since you know probably 99 right and uh i just don't think he gets the credit that he deserves another new york guy well i think i think kind of lost in the mix i think the problem was because i've heard him i've heard of him a lot i haven't really listened to him a lot but i think he got he was maybe a victim of the times where there was that bling era in rap um where if it wasn't 50 cent then or G Unit, right. then it got buried, right? And he's he's more in the category of like uh, uh, Dipset, like Jim okay. Jones, Cameron, uh, right. Joel Santana type. Uh, he he does a lot of songs with them. He does songs with uh, Little Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, early Little Wayne. Um, and actually, I think it's the Carter Three that uh, him, Joel Santana, and Little Wayne are all on one song. And Fabulous and Joel Santana have the best verses on that whole album. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to, let's be honest. Like, Little Wayne's a good rapper. I've learned to appreciate him, but it's it's not hard for some some of these other rappers to outdo him on his right, own songs, right? Especially like because you know you always hear like the mixtape Wheezy. You yeah. Know? I've never really heard, listened to any of his mixtapes, and I'm sure they're great, but I know they're more. Um, they have to be more controlled on their albums right so maybe that's the reason I'm, I've never gotten the Little Wayne that much but uh, I can appreciate what he does but I just 
Well, know, it's I probably think... also pre-lean Wheezy too. Right, you know, right. it's that was that was a younger version of himself where before he was all mega leaned out and his body's catching up to him. And he's right. not being hospitalized so, yeah, for it. If you like uh, Neptune produced music. Uh, check oh. out Fabulous Real Talk. Yeah. Like I said, Pharrell is at least featured on three songs, and I'm sure he produced a lot more on that album. Dude, the Neptunes back in the day made so many hits for rappers between like 99 and probably what, 2007, I'd say? Probably 10. Maybe. Because yeah. the, you start getting into like Justin Timberlake and stuff. Yeah, they started, well, they started moving away from, from rappers right. at that point. Yeah. But I mean, he's all, they're all over the place. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and this is a perfect example. Real talk, every single song is good. Yeah, that's another one. That's another guy I've never really. I've heard a lot about him, but I haven't actually sat and listened to him. So that'll that'll definitely be one of them. I I would say that he would be the the ver- the the bling era version of Jay Z. Okay, like that's the best way I can put him. Okay, so yeah, he's a lot more lyrical than because I mean, look. 50 Cent had the advantage of he had a big image. Right. You know, he had, I mean, he wasn't a bad rapper, don't get me wrong, but he had, it was a lot more image and gimmick of him being shot nine times and right. so on. He had this the street cred, obviously. He was um, a buff dude, man. He well, there's that too, like, yeah. Like, he's a, an intimidating looking motherfucker. Yeah. And then he's got Eminem and Dre on the back, but... Um, yeah, so I mean, but yeah, there was, a, there was definitely guys that were more lyrical, and I think that's also kind of sidetracked a little bit into a tangent, but uh, I think that's kind of what ended up leading uh, 50 Cent to kind of drop off so quickly. Right. If you look after, I think it was like before I self-destruct, I want to say, yeah. is like he fucking, that one, f- for 50 Cent, it flopped. For right. any other artist, it'd be, still be a success, but for him, it was a flop, and that's when he kind of like died off. Well, I'm going to cut you off and go straight to my number seven, because my number seven okay. is 50 Cent, get okay. rich or die trying, so All it's right. a pretty good, <laughs> it's a pretty good, uh, you know, uh, segue into my number seven all right so since we're talking about it we can just continue to talk about it number seven get rich or die trying um one of the best debut albums i think ever um it was good it uh i mean this it, this put him in the stratosphere like oh yeah i mean we were in high school at the time when it came out it came out in like 2002 2003 mm-hmm. and you could not go down the street without hearing it coming out of somebody's car oh yeah 21 questions in the club fucking wankster wankster like um you know many men just yeah. going hard at ja rule pretty much killing his career oh my god yes um but th- so that actually brings up something because there's a guy that I didn't put on my list, and I might be I might be hijacking yours a little bit. Obi Trice. He he was very close to an honorable mention. He's yeah. on because he, I I told you I made a list about 17 albums and yeah. uh, Cheers is on here. Be, so I think Get Rich or Die Trying is a great album. I've listened to that a lot. You know that I would say I listen. That is the most listened to 50 Cent album in my collection of of 50 Cent albums. Um, but I think it falls underneath the same problem that Obi Trice's first album, which is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but it's so laden with Ja Rule disses and shit that it dates it. Right. It's hard to go back because it's like you're not in the heat of the moment no more. 
I completely agree, and but the reason I put it on my list is because every song is so good. No, that's true. Um, that you can listen to it front to back. Actually, this was one of the ones that I thought was gonna be on your list that we would have matched. Um, we might still. I don't know if it's a spoiler, nope. but um, <laughs> no, <Nope, it's laughs> okay. spoiler revealed. It's not on your list. So um, you know, I told you before I knew yours was every genre. I said we might yeah. have like five or six the same. Yeah. I think if you would have went all rap, you may have put Fifty Cent on your list. Uh, he might. He Fifty Cent probably would have ended up on there. I don't know if it would have been that one or a later one, but no, he he, he definitely would have been. Now, this kind of brings me up. Speaking of having a similar list, um, I'm gonna put this one out there, um, and I'm sure this is on yours too. Uh, Jay Z, Reasonable Doubt. And this is your number seven. This is my number seven. Jay Z, Reasonable Doubt. Is it on yours? It could be. Okay. It could be. Oh, you're gonna save it? Yeah, I'm gonna save it. <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil. Okay. Uh, but I think that is the that that album. I mean, there's other Jay Z albums that I can listen to front to back. I think American Gangster is great. I think um, you know, I think the Black album is pretty good. It's a little dated now that the whole retirement gimmick has right. you know come to be a scam. Um, but uh, you know, there's four 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 is another great album front to back. But I think Reasonable Doubt. Um, it's a it's just a vert the, the production of it, the fact that Biggie's on at the time. It captures a moment. Um, like that, nine, that 96, 97 time in rap was like, I don't know, for me, maybe it's a, just a nostalgia thing for me, but I think a lot of um, rappers that were kind of evolving past just the gangster rap of like early 90s kind of were able to come into their own. Right, and Biggie is, you, uh, Biggie is the only um, star feature on that. Pretty I believe, much. Because it, I yeah. think it's like Memphis Bleak yeah. and a couple of his guys, but... Biggie's the only one with a name, and Jay didn't really have a name at the time. No, no, I he mean, didn't. he was on. Uh, he was actually on one of Big L's songs. That mm-hmm. was his first recorded song. It's uh, called Danger Danger Zone. Okay, if you want to hear some real, real young Jay Z, listen to Danger Zone. Um, and yeah, that album is great. Yeah. Um, it may or may not be on my list. We'll uh, we'll find out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, I'll allow you to go two in a row since okay. I went two in a row. All right, so I'm going to stay in the same theme of that. Number six uh, came out the same year. Um, this is another one front to back. Buster Rhymes, the coming. It is the it is the best Buster Rhymes you can get. Um, I'm a uh, Buster Rhymes was the first rapper I ever got into. Um, I liked I liked the cart like his cartoony kind of uh, delivery and his the, the the visuals on his videos. And the coming is just like it's a perfect transition out of that. You know, because I, I, I do like Tribe Called Quest and I like that sound from the. You know the from the early '90s uh, leaders of the new school that he was in originally, and this is the perfect transition out of the, the leaders of the new school. Kind of, you know, it, it wasn't like necessarily family friendly, but it was a little bit, I guess, more poppy right. than what he ended up going into. Um, it was definitely leaders of the new school were definitely lighter than even what Tribe Called Quest would touch on. They, they would touch on a little bit deeper stories. I mean, they got a song called Date Rape, right. you know. Um, but uh, but I think the coming is the perfect thing on that. There's a couple standout songs. Ill vibe with Q-Tip is a great. It's a perfect like for those two to get together on. That's a perfect song. Um, and then there's an eight minute fucking epic one called Flip Mode meets Death Mode Squad, and it's got the whole Flip Mode Squad at the time, which I don't even I can't even remember who the members were at the time, but 
It's it's awesome. <laughs> and then you got the Def Mode Squad, which I don't even remember all the members on that, but Red Man's the on Red Man, it. Yeah, yeah, that's where Red Man came from. And this album actually is the reason kind of why we're doing this show yeah. is because this is, sparked the conversation that we had the other day mm-hmm. of like our origins of starting with music. Um, I didn't put mine on here. Uh, you know, Nelly Country Grammar is how I got into rap. I didn't put it on my list. I didn't even put it on my honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, but I can listen to it front to back, but it's, you know, it's not for everyone. And, you know, there's only a couple hits on it. But It's dated. Yeah, it gets a little dated. Yeah. Um, and it's a little too poppy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, this. That's the reason why we made this specific show is because of the coming, because of the conversation we had the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like... I mean, you got, there's just so many, I mean, of course the big hit was Woha, everybody knows that, but like every single song on it, and it's got, the, the production on it is very consistent, like once you get past his other albums into like, um, what was it, what was the second one, da- not Dangerous, When Disaster Strikes, or Extinction Level Event, and Anarchy, like, there's good songs on it, but his production is all over the right. place, it's got, he's got too many different cooks in the kitchen, I feel, but this one kept it in that more grittier you know uh new you know east coast new york sound that was like that tribe was kind of uh uh familiar with and so on now how does it compare to big bang theory big bang theory now big bang theory is a whole different thing because that was dre helped right that. right now i would say as far as consistency <clears throat> i would say big bang theory is a close second um <clears throat> because that's my favorite Buster Rhymes album. Yeah, I mean, this I would say the top albums. If you're going to go through a Buster Rhymes album front to back, I would definitely say you got to start with the Coming because that's him at his at his best. You know, when he's got a lot of energy still, he's not afraid to kind of look silly. Where I feel that he's kind of fallen into this thing as time went on, where he wants to be respected as like as like I'm. Um, you know, he's still got a sense of humor, but it's it's his ego's got a little big, right? Right. And by the time he did the Big Bang Theory, he shaved off the dreads, and he, he kind of bulked up. Yeah. He got all fucking He's working out with Dre, man. Yeah. You and know. 50. 50 <laughs> had probably something to do with that, too. So his you could there was just a different tone to it i mean granted it was that album's still great and and, that, and big bang theory's got another awesome collaboration with q-tip as yeah, well it does um so it it does ha- kind of like I, I think it bookends his career pretty well because in my opinion his career as far as albums go ends with big bang theory he put out one more i think after that but it sucked and then after that he just puts out random singles yeah and it, it almost came it almost made his career come full circle because he, yeah. he reunited with q-tip um, I'm not sure if he had any Dre influence on the first one, but um, the Q-Tip obviously and um, both albums were pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, great album. I mean, I would say a close third with that would be Genesis, but that's a whole other fucking conversation on right. its own. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's my what what number, number was I six. six? Okay, yeah. So here's my number six, and it might be a surprise that it's this low, but it's uh, the Slim Shady LP. Okay, Eminem. Um, it was tough choice on which Eminem album I was going to put on here because there's three of them. Mm-hmm. It's Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers, and surprisingly to people, Relapse. Mm. Um, yep. So those three are my favorite albums, but I had to go with probably the one I've listened to the most. So I went with Slim Shady, um, most in, uh, Ice Cube influence, um, song mm-hmm. after song is uh, storytelling, 
um, his wordplay. I mean, he's got his typical uh, like funny songs on there. He's got Guilty Conscience, which that was I think his debut single, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Produced by Dre. He's got um, I don't think he's got that many features on it. It's basically just no, him. He's got, he's got Dre and he's got uh, Royce to Five Nine. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, and. Um, you know, even the skits, the skits can, you know, can kind of keep you entertained a little bit with uh, him calling his manager and, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but front to back, man, that's uh, like that's when I think of Eminem, that's what I think of. Um, he's got the alter ego, some shady is a little bit more crazy. Um, Marshall Mathers got a little too personal to a little too whiny for yeah. my, my now, granted, I look back at it. It's a great album. Don't get me wrong. But I remember when that came out, that was my big complaint is like. Where's the fun stuff? Right. Like, this isn't fun to listen to. Right. It was, uh, you know, I'm depressed. Yeah. Let me uh, let me get back at my parents and listen to this, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let me, uh, I'm bringing up the album real quick. Yes. Uh, well, I was going to say, too, um, in regards to that album, what makes it perfect for the time, um, a couple things. Number one, it is him, you know, before his fame, so he's still having fun with it. Right. Um, and also, he, he was able to really tap into a type of, uh, scene that was that was kind of big in Detroit. A lot of the horrorcore stuff. You're talking, you know, people that were big in Detroit or the Midwest that maybe weren't necessarily big across the country. You're, you know, you got ICP and Esham are definite influences on him. He'll even say that himself. Yeah. Um, so and, and so him to be able to take that, but also have this awesome delivery, which is. You know, if you listen to his early stuff like that album and even like Infinite, you can definitely hear some Nas, some Jay Z being Ice influenced. Cube. Yeah. Um, and there's, uh, I'm looking through the list and I'm actually surprised to see this is there's no D12 on here either. No. So it's yeah. it's solely him, Royce, and Dre. And you know, I, I don't think there's a better Eminem album out there. Um, like I said, I I do put Marshall Mathers a slight underneath, but I would put even Relapse, you know, probably closer to L, the some shady LP. I would say that I would agree with you on that because Relapse is one of my favorite of his. Like I would say, Slim Shady's great. I played the fuck out of it, so it's hard for me to listen to it because right. it's just been so. It's almost like white noise to me. But like Relapse is is definitely up there. Right. Yeah. Slim Shady LP is one of those ones that I don't listen to all the time anymore. Mm. But when I do put it on, I'll probably listen to it two weeks straight. I would I would and say one of the best songs on that, Role Model. In my opinion. Role Model, um, I'm Shady. That's good too. Uh, yep. Yeah. You, I mean, I can go down the list. Come on, everybody. My Fault. Um, the 07 Bonnie and Clyde's good. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's your you get the first um look into you know his kind of psychotic life as far as like, you know, I love my kid but I hate my wife, you yeah. know, like and having his daughter help him, you know, get rid of the body pretty much. Mm-hmm. So um just for the time, very unique. Uh, especially to get on that global scale. Yeah. Like you said, the Detroit sound ha- was there, but to put it on a global right. uh, platform, unbelievable. Yeah, he was able to kind of bring that light up. As much as there was like little beefs back in in Detroit with a lot of these other artists with him, um, it, everybody's got to admit, like, and I'm sure they will to this at, at now that if it wasn't for him, I don't think they would have gotten as much of a spotlight. Um, right. So I, I that's that's definitely a good pick. I now I will say this. Spoiler alert. I I I was thinking about putting some Eminem on there, but it, he didn't actually make any of my my list. Um, because, and, and I think it's purely because 
I've listened to him so much. Right. It's hard to like like right now I'm I'm on I'm trying to work my way through the newest album. What was that? Murder or music to be murdered yeah. by. And uh you know, it takes me a while and then all of a sudden I get into a good groove of it and then I'm done. Right. And I can't I can't touch it for a while. Well, yeah, there's there's a handful and I'll say, you know, probably 5 albums of M&Ms that I don't like at all. And yeah. there's probably four that I really like. And obviously Slim Shady is part of that, but his newer stuff, like the ever since like the Marshall Mathers two, yeah, I kind of checked out on him. Um, Recovery was like kind of the last one that I listened to, and that was yeah. a, that was all right because I I at the time I didn't care for it because it was so many features, but I actually appreciate the features now. Right. Um. Actually, on that album, I don't like the features since that album right but um well i think i think know, it was he a, had to make the list if i'm gonna especially if i'm gonna go all rap he's gotta be yeah. make the list well i think i think um when it comes to relapse and recovery i think recovery is a good yin and yang thing with re- relapse where relapse was a real like an underground yeah. made that like an underground rap album like it wasn't for the the mass public right. it goes back to what i was saying where it goes t- taps into that early horrorcore sound um of the late 90s at the time and in contrast, Recovery is his, these are the singles. Here's the pop. Here's the pop songs because you didn't get any in the previous right. album. And, um, the, and, the, and the radio hits from Relapse were garbage. Those oh, are absolutely. the worst three songs on the album. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I agree with that. Yeah, Crack a Bottle was, eh, that's one of the better ones. But what was that, We Made You? Yeah. And, and was one other one. There was one feature, Oh, Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. Yeah, that one was, yeah, like, it was eh. real slow. And, yeah, it's... But uh, we're going on to number five. We got half our list done. Shit. Um, let's see. Where was I at? Number five. So I said this one. I said this one. Bear with me, Tyler. So, some of us uh, keep ours in order. Sorry. Well, I was kind of jumping around because <laughs> you mentioned one, and I was like, well, I don't want to follow it up with that one. So I, I, I kind of rearranged it. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say this one. Um, this this one's going to be a little bit different, a non-rap one. Um, George Michael. Now, George Michael, a lot of people don't understand my love for George Michael, but I think he's, when you're talking about pop music at the time of like the 80s, like I have a, let me me give a little background here um, to let you understand why I'm going to pick this album. So I have some guilty pleasures when it comes to music. Um, Lately, it's a lot of like 90s club, early 90s club music. Like we're talking like Return of the Mac or something or no 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 I'm talking about like you know rhythm as a dancer type oh, shit God. All and right. like what is love you All know right. from Night of the Roxbury like that shit yacht rock like fucking Michael McDonald and uh, Steely Dan and uh, also uh, mid to late '80s pop music like Michael Jackson obviously is the king of that Prince and then George Michael also falls into that now George Michael's albums. Um, the one I'm picking is his last full-length album that he ever put out. It was in 2004. And this one is it's it's the most modern version of him that you're going to get. Um, I, I mean, he's got his... Everyone knows Faith. That was right. his big one. And he put out the other one, like... Uh, I forget. It was like Music to... I forget the name of it. It was the one with the song Freedom on it. Yeah. That one really wasn't that good. I mean, both those albums were mass- massive hits, but it goes back to what I was saying, where they had some really good songs, mm-hmm. but there's some shit in, the, right. in between there. But this one's called Patience, and this one, it, it was big in the UK. It really didn't do anything here, but I think it's got the best uh, use of his sound. 
Um, it's got like that fucking cheesy club music sound of the early 2000s um, mixed into that. I am I do like electronic music, so it kind of fits. It's it is cheesy. Don't get right. me wrong. It's absolutely cheesy. Um, it's a lot more edgier though. It actually had a parental advisory on there because wow, he had some really? swears. Yeah, he had some swears. He put some swears in it. There's actually one called Freak where it gets a little gets a little dirty. It gets a little dirty. Now is it like you know that dirty or is it <laughs> oh, like, like normal dirty? Gay dirty? Yeah. No, no. It, it's not any one orientation. Okay. It's just kind of like in general. Okay. So it's not like in your face with uh, no his like orientation. Yeah, yeah. He's not saying he's he's fucking dudes in the ass okay. or anything like that. Yeah. He's it's more so like just. The general concept of it and kind of the freedom of of that of that scene. So, um, it, it's it's just very, it's it's very. I'm never. I'm not gonna deny, it's fucking cheesy shit. Right. But to me, if I'm gonna pick uh, an album from George Michael, I would say go with that because, it, like I said, it's the most modern version without all the nostalgia of Faith and and all the other massive hits he had. Um, which stand out almost as memes at this point. Yeah, I think a lot of these older artists that have like a resurgence, like I think Journey is like one of these bands that falls into that, where you know, don't stop believing is a meme at this point. Right. You know, people like it because they like the idea of it, but they may not necessarily necessarily like it. Right. And uh, with uh, don't stop believing, that was actually I saw some list. I don't know where and who made the list, but that was like rated the most overrated song of all time oh yeah well i think it had a couple resurgences i mean obviously when the sopranos ended it became like number one because they used it at the end of the show it was like number one on itunes for like a few weeks and then um it just it keeps having this resurgence over and over and now it's like meme status right you gotta play it at a club before you close it out it's like uh what's that what's the neil diamond one Um, Uh, sweet caroline sweet caroline's another one that's that's definitely a meme song nobody's listening to that for fun no because everyone's just drunk and wants to sing along yeah so yeah uh that's you know that album uh that kind of took me by surprise a little bit um yeah i figured i i did i had to throw a couple like deep reaches in there right no i hear you (laughs) um you know that's what i tried to kind of do with mine and but the rest of mine are not deep reaches at all (laughs) so um i'll go into my number five okay it's already been said reasonable doubt okay jay-z uh so i figured it was on there i mean you got lyrics tattooed on you from the album yeah i do so um from regrets um this album is probably the only album that i know of that it almost seems like jay i mean don't no homo but Mm -hmm. jay could just be like kind of talking to you yeah kind of just you could be the only person in the crowd and he'd just be on stage sitting on a stool fucking just telling you stories. Yeah, yeah. Every single song. I think actually he um, he had an MTV Live like that where it was like... Oh, there unplugged. Was a, yeah, unplugged. Yeah. It was like 30 people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just did his songs. And it was like... It was almost like... It was almost like lounge elevator music, yeah. but like good. Like if that makes any sense, like you you kind of can just chill to it. Yep. Um, it can be in the background, or you can you know take some butter. You can you know get really in depth with it, mm-hmm. and the lyrics are phenomenal. Biggie's on there. Um, one of the, I think that is that their only so- or no they got uh, I love the dough, but mm-hmm. I mean one of two songs that they they're featured with with Biggie still alive. Yeah. Um, and it really put Jay on the map for you know being pretty much the next big thing in 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 rap music and 
yeah. especially with that New York sound. So, well, I think also it came at a perfect time because it it came out I think right before Biggie died, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it came out in '95 or '96. So yeah, yeah, it might have been right before Biggie died. And and the themes of it was still kind of a gangster rap, but it was like this old school mafia style thing. Right. So it wasn't. It was. It still was a little gimmicky where it wasn't so realistic, and which which definitely was a need there was a need to move away from that because people were dying right um but i think it was a good time to come in on that and on top of that with biggie dying it kind of made him the new king of new york yeah king of new york with all that with as far as like a gangster sound but it was a little bit more palatable and because no one was gonna jay-z wasn't gonna get shot for pretending he was in the mafia right And and the thing is is um like you said, it's it's got that mob type feel. It's got a lot of quotes from like Carlito's Way and shit. Right. And but the thing is that is really cool about it is all these guys like Tupac and all them were bringing out these gangster music, uh, gangster, you know, type rap and but they were always the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z came out with the same style, but he was the mob boss. Yeah. He wasn't doing the dirt work on, you know, he was controlling the whole thing. So I right. think that was a real cool kind of gimmick slash, you know, point of view with this album, especially. Um, other albums I could have put on there, Blueprints. Yeah, you Blueprint. Men- you mentioned American Gangster, which I think that's probably his most underrated album. Yeah. Um, front to back, that album is amazing as well, yep. especially to be kind of a soundtrack album yep. to uh, the movie American Gangster. But uh, yeah, reasonable doubt number five. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a good one. Um, and then another one here. Um, let's see. Hold on, I gotta go. Let me go back up. So I'm gonna go before I dive into um, some. I there's a couple on here. I know that you you probably also have. So I'm gonna save that. But um, I'm gonna. You mentioned this earlier. Um, and it's the Gorillas. Um, now this is the first album. This is the one you're referencing with uh, Dell, yeah. uh, Funk Homo Sapien. He was on a couple songs on this album. Obviously, Clint Eastwood's the yeah. big one, um, but it's uh, their self-titled album, The Gorillas, and it's I I think it's one of their better ones. And and here the, the interesting thing with this album is I remember I bought it, um, and I heard Clint Eastwood, and I thought that was this that was going to be what the whole album was going to be like. Right. But there's only like two or three songs that have Dell on it rapping. I think there's maybe only two. Um, some of them are just instrumental type of you know, hip-hop beats. It was produced by Dan the Automator, who uh, did some really good um, collaborations with other rappers, you know, some kind of like kind of an, um, an indie sound of like, you know, Deltron with Del the Funky Homo Sapien, which Deltron 3030 is like a rap classic. Yeah. Dr. Octagon. Um... I think there was another one I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, but um, it's got this really cool sound before the gorillas kind of take on this more of a, they're, they're almost more of a machine now. Like the, the production is so grand now. Right. Like this was a lot more focused on one type of sound. And uh, I remember I bought it and I was disappointed at first because like the opening track is like this half, um, half kind of like uh like like soft punk rock sound because the the creator of of the gorillas was also one of the front guys for the band blur um okay. he, I'm, i don't know if you know that band they had that song where like it's the uh the chorus is just like woo 
<laughs> How'd that go? Woohoo. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think I heard that if before. I, <laughs> if I played it for you, you'd know what it was. Yeah, okay. There was a, it's called like song number two, and then there was like their big. I uh, think I actually do think I know right. what you're talking about. Yeah. But the I video just, is like them. Like, can you, bronze. one more time, can you? Woohoo. All right. Yeah. I definitely know that song. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's. That's what um, you know. Outside of the of Dan the Automator's influence, that's also the background. Is like so. It's this kind of a mashup sound between like punk rock sound and this uh, indie like uh, hip hop sound, and it slowly growed on me over time. And then when they put out Demon Days, that was massive. I mean, that's with Feel Good Inc. Right. on it with De La Soul and um, with some other hits on there, and that's where. And then they, they they become what they are now. Yeah. Well, everybody knows them. But I would say that's that's like the best album. There's so many like, again, laid back hip hop like chill songs on there, um, that uh, it falls really in in line with the theme of the stuff that I like. Anyway. Right, right. All right, we'll go on to my number four, and there's probably no surprise that it's number four mm-hmm. is uh, the original Chronic by mm. Dr. Dre. Um, Coming off of NWA, the debut of Snoop, um, very very laid back, like driving in your car, summer night, sun going down type music. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing but G thing was a fucking huge hit. I mean, the the only thing that's probably missing from that album is a verse from Ice Cube. Yeah, um, you I know that's. That's the one thing that you know that could make possibly make the album any better. Um, a lot of people, you know, enjoy the Chronic 2001. That's a great album as well. But I think the original uh, beats it out. Um, it's got a lot of uh, kind of funny uh, skits as well. You know, I'm not really a skit guy, but you know, if you want to listen to the skits, they got I think yeah, he's got some good ones. The on 20 there. sack pyramid and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady of Rage is on there. I mean, it's just very well produced. Well, pr- very well produced, and it's got that it it introduces the Dr. Dre sound that people started recognizing. Like, right. you know, the NWA sound was very uh, raw, very street. Mm-hmm. Um, this you could tell he was probably in a million dollar studio. Yeah, um, and he really just became his own. And it was almost—it's almost like uh, to compare it to anyone. I mean, not to compare, it, but like. When Kanye finally found his sound, yes. or the Neptunes finally found their yeah. sound, like you could recognize a Dre beat from the Chronic album from there on out. Yeah, yeah, so. it's it, it's either it, a lot of there was there's a sound that he that he had and has that you could easily either pinpoint it's either him and if it's not him, it's someone trying to be him. Right, and um, a lot of the lyrics were written by Doc. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to rap on it because of his accident, but. Um, still his his lyrics um he even helped out snoop with some of his lyrics um front to back that album is phenomenal it's probably one of my favorite albums obviously it's number four mm-hmm. but um that's what i you know i remember being five six years old listening to the chronic in my brother's room my brother telling me not to tell my mom that i'm listening <laughs> to this you know well so. it does have doesn't it have on the cover the big pot not yeah the big pot yeah it's got leaf, a big yeah. pot leaf on yeah. it um, so, but no, that's a, that is a good one. Um, and unfortunately, it's on Spotify. No, it's only on. So, I think it's only on Apple Music. I actually, yeah, I actually haven't listened to it in a while, which I would like to. I probably 
you know, look it up on YouTube and yeah, listen mm-hmm. to that. Like it. Right. So, but that is my number four, The Chronic by Dr. Dre. Am I on number four? You're on number three. I'm on number three. Okay. So this one, um, I'm going to go back because I brought him up a little bit earlier when I was talking about George Michael. So Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, I am a big Michael Jackson uh, fan. Um, I I got into him like probably over, well over 10, just but actually coincidentally I had, I, I liked him as a kid and then I got like, I had like a, um, I got back into him right before he died and then right when he died, of course, everybody was right. talking about him. So then I really dove in and I've listened to so much of his music and a lot of his songs are so big, like Thriller is a great album, but it's kind of played out to yeah. me. Like it's, it's. A lot of the songs are almost meme status, you know, songs like Thriller, songs like Billie Jean, you know, I can't really enjoy those. Um, a lot of the songs that I like are actually like remixes um, or B-sides from like some of his singles that I right. would collect. So this one, it's uh, his the very last album that was ever released called Escape. Um, it's one of those like where they do like with Biggie and Tupac where they put together from unfinished songs and they put, but they did a modern sound. I want to say... Timberland did it. He produced it. Okay. I, I think he's the one who did so, it. What year this is it? This would have been 2014. This came oh, out. Okay, so it came out like right before he died. Yeah, this is this or right after he died. This one has the collaboration with him and Justin Timberlake. Okay, um, that's like a remix of the song uh, "Love Never Felt So Good," mm-hmm. um, which is because what's great about this album is it takes a a, a sound from every kind of uh, iteration that he had. I mean, because if you could take off the wall Michael Jackson, you know, PYT. Versus, you know, uh, Scream Michael Jackson yeah. with him and, and Janet Jackson. They sound almost completely different. Right. Um, so this album kind of takes a little bit of every era, you know, of unfinished work, and then they masterfully um, recreate it and make a modern sound. So it's like, no, no, if he were to put this out today, this is what it sound like, and it was done perfectly. And I'd be fine if they never made another one of these albums again. Because they tried to do this earlier, right after he died. Right. There was one called Michael that they put out, and it was, was just that wasn't the one with the movie, was it? No, no, no. That was that was this is it. That yeah. one came out like literally like a month after he right. died. This one came out probably a little over a year. Okay. Michael, I'm talking about, and uh, that one's got like I think he's got a song with like Fifty Cent on it, and it just it's so obviously rushed, right? Just as a cash grab, but this one they took a lot of time. Uh, they had more of a, a straight-up vision on it. And a lot of these songs were pretty much almost finished anyway because I actually have um, in my collection, years before this even came out, a version of most of these songs, but they're all demo versions that got leaked okay. years and years ago. So, so they had probably a, only his verse, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Some of them, or they're unfinished. Okay. What he would do a lot of times is he wouldn't write lyrics. He would just kind of make noises mm-hmm. in the kind of the sound he wants to, and then right. he would fill it in later. Um so I mean, if you dig, I mean, there's there's other versions of this this album out there from back God knows when. Um, but yeah, I would say that one that one to me, as far as re-listenability, all the way through, that's really the only Michael Jackson album I can do that with because it's not so overly played out. Plus his later stuff like History and uh, Dangerous, they got some really good songs on it that didn't get overplayed, but. That's also when he's in this weird thing where he wants to do the soft songs and yeah. get a little creepy, especially with understanding, like, yeah. you know, he's talking about love and it's like, well, are you talking about a girl right. or are you talking about the a small boy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, that, you're probably referring to like the Free Willy song too yeah. and stuff. And that's, like, it's just, it's too overly sappy yeah. and it's just, 
it's not. It's, like, it's almost like corny, sad. Yeah, you know, like you're just like, dude, like you you make dance music, like make yeah. dance music or make a beat, like you know, like most of the stuff that I listen to from Michael Jackson is like it makes me feel good, you know, right. like this stuff, like I don't want to be listening to you, like you know, cry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think Escape is one of those ones, and I think collaborating with Justin Timberlake on the one song, I mean, you could literally take J- Michael Jackson out of it. And replace the singer as Timberlake, and it would still work. And you'd be like, "Oh, this is a great Timberlake album." See, I was gonna, um, if I would have guessed, I knew Michael Jackson was gonna be on the list, right? Mm-hmm. But I would have guessed between two albums. Okay. Do you know which albums I would have guessed? It would have been, um, let's see, Dangerous. Yep. And Thriller. No, Off okay. the Wall. Off the Wall, really? Yeah. Okay. I would have put you on Off the Wall. All right. So. Actually, I do prefer Off the Wall from Thriller, but yeah. I was just I was going with that because that's the everyone knows that. Well, one. yeah, I because uh, <laughs> I, I know you said you know you mentioned Thriller's kind of played out, and I kind of agree with you. Um, even yeah. when I DJ weddings, like I, like I try to play with like like rock with you or yeah, you know, um, uh, what's the one off the wall? What's the uh, 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 PYT? The PYT uh, or the other one? Um, um well, off the wall. I think it's this... the first uh, first track on the album. I just looked it up. It's got that album's got a lot of good songs. It's uh, "Don't Stop Till You Get Enough." Oh yeah, don't, that's it. That's the that's the big one. That's yeah. the really big don't one. stop till you get enough. Uh, Rock with you um, is actually the second song on that album. Um, but yeah, I would have put you on uh, one of those two. Okay, I would have put you on a on a, especially a newer one. Yeah, but. it just those ones are just it, it falls in an Eminem category where it just I've listened to it so much. Yeah, I've got to like maybe in five years I'll go back. Right. All right. So. Uh, We'll go with uh, my number three. My number three is we're going to stay on the West Coast. Okay. And probably not who you think, but uh, I'm going to go with The Game. Oh. Documentary. His first album, he was actually under G-Unit at the time. That's right. His only album off of G-Unit. His first three albums are fucking amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. he was, for the longest time, the only rapper that came out, like, 2005 and more recent that I would listen to because I didn't, like, you know... A lot of mumble rappers and all that shit, mm-hmm. and I thought he was like the most you know old school dude in a new school time. Right. But um, this uh, album has um, "Hate It or Love It" with Fifty Cent. Oh yeah, Cent. That's, that's a great song. Um, it's got "Dreams." It's got. Um, let me look up. I should have probably did this before, but um, I mean, how we do, how we do is mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's just—he's a lyrical beast. Like um, people don't give him as much credit as uh, he should get, as far as his lyrics. What? He's got a lot of uh, metaphors, and he—he he puts in like he's—he's a, he's a big sports guy. You know, he'll put like uh, he'll uh, what's the word? Compare you know street life to things that go on in sports or go on you know in in other avenues of life mm-hmm. um, into like the street game and most of the uh, album was produced by Dre he's got Eminem on there he's got um, other members of G-Unit he's got Nate Dogg mm-hmm. um, just a very West Coast um, album when the West Coast was pretty much dead like no one yeah. you know at this time 2005 there was nobody on the West Coast well, it was G-Unit or nothing I right mean, it was G-Unit um, Dipset was pretty big at the time the South was getting big yeah, with Lil right. John and all that. Yep. Ludacris. 
Uh, Midwest was even, you know, in the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Texas, but the the game kind of revived the West, and he he mentions it on a, on a bunch of songs and on the album and in future albums. Um, probably one of the best songs on there is with Eminem, and it's called "We Ain't." Um, I mean, it's you can tell it's a Dre beat. It's very high tempo. It, it gets you pumped up. It's fucking awesome. I think I think the game, uh, at least in my mind, because I never I know that album. I've heard songs from that album, um, but at the time when it came out, I think he also fell victim of being overshadowed by Fifty Cent. He did. I and, think that's what kind of buried him a bit. And the thing is, too, is because a lot of the songs that you mentioned that were big on that. I I do remember them, and I'm like, oh yeah, that is a game. That's not a Fifty Cent song. Right. That's a game song. And the thing is, is uh, he, you know, he became a victim of like that. Like Fifty Cent didn't want anyone under G Unit to get bigger than him. Right. And when the album dropped, probably within, I would say a month or two, he left G Unit. So hmm. that even spiked the album even more because people knew he wasn't going to be doing music with them anymore, and it kind of became a beef between him, him and Fifty. Right. So. Um, but the as far as the the production of the album is amazing. Like Dr. Dre did an amazing job, and like Dr. Dre kind of um, he was the one that signed him to G Unit. He was the right. one that was like, "You're going to G Unit. I think this would be good for you because then you got the East and the West Coast point of view on shit." Right. And um, he, I think he went all out. I think this, like Dr. Dre, I think put more effort into his album than any of Fifty Cents. Yeah, like yeah, he, I could see. That. I think he wanted him to be the next kind of. Well, they, they they had a good system down. Like if you look at like you know Shady, uh, G Unit, Aftermath as a whole, you know they did a really good job at pushing artists on their first album. Yeah, uh, Eminem still does it with the people he's got on on Shady as well. Like, um, it, where they put everything into that first album, and it's just like, man, this is fucking awesome. We mentioned Obi Trice and. You know, I think the only one that doesn't really fall into that was like D12. They had their right. own thing going. Um, but but they would just hammer away at 50 cents, you know, first album. The game, as you've mentioned, you know, they, they had this great way of just like, let's throw everything at it. Make this the best fucking album yeah. for this guy. So he starts off with a bang yeah. and then is able to, to build from there. And the thing is, the reason why I put the games album so far ahead of 50 cents is because 50 cents like you said was kind of dated yeah the games you can listen to over and over and over again and it's not dated it's you know lyrically i think it's better mm-hmm. um it's not just talking about ja rule the entire time um <laughs> and and, more substance <laughs> yeah and he's got he's got a little bit more features he's got mary j blige on the album mm-hmm. um that's a good song it's uh um where i'm from is uh with nate dog the Mary J. Blige one, I forget the name of it, but I think it's the last track on the album. But yeah, front to back, man, that, that album is definitely worth listening to. Like, if you wanted to listen to any like solo G Unit guy, um, I mean, I, I like Lloyd Banks's first album, but the games blow it blows it out of the water. Mm-hmm. Like he by far, you could tell like this guy is gonna you know be way bigger than this group as right. far as like he needs to be on his own. Which he did, right? So, no, I I, I agree. I, that's that's definitely one I know. The game is a is a dude. Cause I've heard his uh, other songs he's done way after this. Um, he, uh, other features he's been with. He did a great song with actually Tyler Creator and Little Wayne, uh, a few years back. 
Um, and he's one of these guys. He's always on my list of like I gotta check him out, right? Because um, I know I'm probably missing something. It's him and like Kendrick Lamar. I yeah. still haven't gotten into yeah, him. Yeah, that's that's same with me. I was about to mention him as well. Yeah, and um, I actually stopped kind of listening to the game after his third album, which I have to listen to his more recent stuff. I know he's like because he said he was gonna he did the whole Jay Z thing. Uh, this is gonna be my last album doing three yeah. and out. Yeah, but he now has fucking probably ten albums out there. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, the guy. I mean, he's mad talented, and like, uh, he's he has that like legit street edge. Like you right. can tell this dude is a bad motherfucker. You know, like he mm-hmm. he's not an actor. He's not a, a a radio gangster. You know. Yeah. He he looks like the real thing. He acts like the real thing. You know. He's got fucking tats on his face. <laughs> well, everyone does. Well, that, everyone but, does it. But he had it before. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I got, I'm on number two yeah, right now. I know one, I know one of your last two. Yeah. So I'm actually going to throw this one in number two because I know you don't, you definitely don't have this one. I may be able to share the number one spot. Um, so number two is going to be Nine Inch Nails. Um, one of my favorite bands, uh, of all time. I got into them, um, well, it's actually just one guy. It's, it's weird to say them when it's really just right. Trent Reznor, but, um, I got into him late, uh, I think it was like 2009, like I listened to, th- so the album in particular, let me start there and I'll explain how I got there. Um, the album in particular is an album called The Slip. Uh, it was released for free back in, I want to say 2010. And just he, he put out that and he put out um, a four disc like instrumental for free as well. And it was like, there's no copyright on it. It's uh, at least at the time, I, they may have put one on it now, but it was like what they call Creative Commons, where you can use pieces of it, remix it. He made his own website where you can remix all of his songs. Really? He put all like, yeah, he put all the source files up so people could submit their own remixes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like he was really smart on that. People were able to make rap songs out of it. He would, he would make dance songs out of it or just harder songs now do you know anyone else that has done something like this because Not, this seems like it's fucking he, awesome he was way ahead of his time trent reznor was really smart now there were other guys like uh uh radiohead that released a free album at that time too mm-hmm. um and i think they put out of i think it was a version of in rainbows maybe they did but um this album is like it's it's it was the first album of his that i fully got into and liked um, because it was more, it's an entry, because he's very dark. It's a very right. dark and moody thing, and he goes from, like, these harder rock sounds to um, these more, uh, more like, uh, in what's the word I want? Like, atmospheric, soundtracky, instrumental things, because now he does soundtracks, right? Okay. He did the soundtrack to Social Network, right. Gone Girl, you know, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, bunch of movies now. Um, so before he was doing soundtracks, he would throw in these instrumentals, a couple of them on every album, to kind of transfer the mood from one song to the next. Because he would do concept albums. Yeah. Every album was like it told a story. Right. Um, and this one was pretty much, you know, pretty straightforward. Ten songs, in and out, really good. And then eventually he sold a deluxe version of it with a giant book and everything uh, that you can actually purchase in stores. But uh, The Slip was a great album. The first album that his I got into, and probably a lot of people got into, was a song, was an album called The Downward Spiral uh, that came out like in the early 90s. I had that song Closer on it. Okay. You know, I Want to Fuck You yeah, Like an yeah, Animal. Yep, yep. Everybody knows that song. Um, but that album is the first album of his that I listened to, and I just, on a whim, because I like to like hear new stuff, so the way I do it is like, give me their best thing, let me listen to it front to back, and then you know see if I can get into them or not. 
And I remember my brother had the album. I borrowed it, listened to it in the long car ride. And I remember I got to, I was getting to someone's house. Um, and I sat outside their house for another like 15 minutes to wrap up the album. Because Downward Spiral is a concept album of just, um, it, the last song is that song Hurt. Mm-hmm. You've heard probably the Johnny Cash yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the al- version on this album, I mean, the, the idea of that song is is through this whole destructive journey of this guy's, you know, downfall, this downward spiral he's right. in. Um, he's committing suicide right. in that, and that's how it ends. Um, either he shoots himself in the head or he ODs. I, I never really understood uh, the message between it. But it's never laid out lyrically. Um, you have to interpret it. Right. So it took a lot of re-listens to, but it really kind of like the first time I heard that, I was like, it kind of stuck with me. I was like, I don't know if I like that or not, but it made me feel something. And it kind of like, it kind of weirded me out, put made me in a weird mood. So, but at the same time, I was enticed to listen to more. And the slip was, coincidentally, came out maybe a couple months after I listened to that. And it was a lot more palatable. Right. This was something I was like, okay, I can, I definitely like certain parts of his sound and I can get into this. And then later, I got through all the other albums. I can listen to any of his albums yeah. front to back. Uh, but this one is the best entry point, I would say, uh, to get into. It's quick. It's short. It gives you everything. Um, it doesn't... It's not too... It's not too um, dense yeah. for for people to, to jump into jump in with. Um, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, Nine Inch Nails. But I'm a big Nine Inch Nails fan. Right, right. I know I you listen are. listen to them at the gym all the time. Yeah. That's... Get your pumped, man. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight listening to that <laughs> fucking album, or all of his albums. So, so um, number two for me, I'm thinking it's your number one. So probably. we might be able to talk about this for a little bit. Yep. Um, ready to die. Absolutely. Yep. That's my number one. So, Biggie, you know, I I consider him only having two albums: Ready mm-hmm. to Die, Life After Death. I don't consider any other ones because nope. I don't like any of them. I don't like the collabs on them. But Ready to Die. And Life After Death, I think, are almost equal. Mm-hmm. Almost. But the only reason I put Ready to Die way ahead, or not way ahead of it, but ahead of it, is because I like the stories of when you're not famous yet. Yes. So, yes. you know, Ready to Die is him trying to make it, his his struggle. You know, he's got the everyday struggle. Right. Um, and Life After Death is like, yo, I made it. I got this money. Look at me. I'm flashy. Yeah. You know, Ready to Die, front to back, man. I've been saying this about every album, front to back. I mean, that was one of our criteria. But right. um, you have Method Man on there. Yeah. You have uh, Diddy a little bit. Um, not as much as on the... Uh, yeah, he's not all up in the yeah, videos. Yeah, he's not up on the videos yet. <laughs> um, you know, he's he's just there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you have... Uh, who else is on that album? I think that's it. Just I think, Method? I think Method's the only feature on that because Give Me the Loot is actually Biggie with just to yeah, change yeah, his he, voice. Yeah, he just he does a dual role. Yeah. Um, but I mean Big Papa, Juicy. I think Juicy was the first video. Um yeah. my favorite song is The What with Method Man. Yeah, that's a good one. Um Everyday Struggle, uh Ready to Die, Suicidal Thoughts. Um, you go through over uh, almost every emotion that someone that has n- pretty much nothing can yep. go through. Yeah, all the fantasy, the the reality of it. The, yeah, the great storytelling. I mean, one of the best songs, one of the songs I know front to back to this day um, would be Warning. Yeah. Warning is my favorite fucking song on that album. Um, but, I mean, every song 
like I know pretty much the lyrics to every single song on that album. I think ready to the song "Ready to Die" is a hard version uh, or a hard song. The version that I prefer though is the original one. If you yeah. listen to the remaster, they took samples out yeah. of it and it kind of fucks with the sound of it. Well, they also take like the line about 9/11. Oh, that's true. And, yeah. Uh, what is it, Juicy? Yeah, I think it's Juicy. Yeah, yeah. I know Juicy front to back. Um, yeah. It was funny because I actually did a I DJed a graduation party, mm-hmm. and when I was wrapping up, um, I mean I had everything shut off, about to put it away, and the girl's uncle comes up to me. I mean, there's ten people there left, and he asked me, he goes, "Can you do me one favor?" And I said, "You know what is it?" He goes, "Can you play one more song?" And I was like, "Dude, like," and he goes, "I want to rap to it." And he mm-hmm. goes, "I want to rap juicy." I go, "If it was any other song." <laughs> By anyone else, I wouldn't play. I wouldn't turn all my shit back on. Right. So we rap fucking juicy together, and it's fucking awesome. Um, that album, I think. I mean, I think that should be on everyone's probably top three yeah. of all time as far as rap. Um, even if you you're not into rap, like that album, if like you want to start or get into rap. That's mm-hmm. one of the first two or three albums you should listen to. Well, and, and the way that the that he delivers the lyrics too are just like I mean, this is Biggie as a whole. I mean, but this album it has a grittier sound. You know, the the samples aren't as clean and right. and polished like it is with Life After Death. My complaint with Life After Death is because it's a double disc, it's a little bloated. Yeah, some of the songs don't need to be there, like Player Hater. Yeah. you know, shit like that. There was another one that that, that he did with uh, Little Kim on that. Um, uh, 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 some, uh, a friend. Um, yeah, I know. I can't think of the name. Yeah, but he, you it's know, not just a friend. It's not Bismarcky, <laughs> yeah. but it's a um, friend of mine. Friend of no friend. Of no m- friend of mine is on. Uh, that's ready to die. Yeah, that's that's a different one. No, but you know the one I'm talking about. You did with Little Kim on Life After uh, Death. Another, another. That's it. Another. I wasn't big on. Um, there's a couple couple of them like that. Um, don't get me wrong. Life After Death is great. But you probably could have trimmed up the fat a little bit and made it just one 70-minute yeah. single disc, you know, without having to do the, the double album. The one thing that I uh, wish that was on Ready to Die that is on Life After Death, and it, it does make sense that it's not on Ready to Die, is 112. I do like the 112, like their singing uh, chorus. Which song is... Uh, the, um, it's uh, thinking it or missing you. Missing you. Missing you's great. And that's and a great they, song. I, th- I believe they have one more on there. I think they're on there twice. I think Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit's another great one. And um, yeah. that and you know I could throw Jay Z on there too. I love yeah. the dough. Yeah. Um, but for one twelve not to be on Ready to Die almost makes more sense because one twelve almost gives a a glamour. To yes. it because they sing they're yeah. they're very good singers they might get the melody and shit it, it makes them too i mean if you were gonna ready to die is a lot harsher than i mean ready to die is a gangster rap album yep. life after death it's a clear transition out of just gangster rap i mean there's gangster rap songs right. don't get me wrong like uh you're, you're nobody till somebody kills you um what was it uh somebody's got to die like what's beef i mean those are gangster songs don't get me wrong but then you got you know the 112 songs yeah. like you mentioned or just like i got a story to tell which has got a gangster element but it's it's silly yeah. you know um and i could see like if he would have lived he probably would have started transitioning out of just that like jay-z did a little bit more gimmicky a right. little bit more of a softer uh gangster persona right but yeah uh ready to die man is you know it's one of those albums that like 
I uh, probably once or you know one, once every two months or something I have to listen to. Like, oh yeah, uh, front uh, and it's front to back. It's it's mm-hmm. I can't just be like, all right, well I'm just gonna listen to this song. No, I have to listen to the entire thing. I mean, it's only what thirteen songs, something like that. Yeah, it's not very long. And I, I remember, like, if I'm driving somewhere, I'm trying to get pumped up. Ready to Die is the album to listen to because I can ramp along with it. I was yep. like. You know, screaming in the car. I probably look like a psychopath, but <laughs> you know, I can just rabble because it's so hard. And then you're just like, yeah, you're just put me in a mood where I'm just like, yeah, fuck everybody. I could do whatever I want. Right. You know, I'm ready to die. I don't give a fuck. Yep. Let's, <laughs> let's every, make it happen. Everyday struggle, man. I keep going yeah. back to this everyday struggle. <laughs> you know, um, even that song. You know, it's a little. It's actually the chorus is a little softer, mm-hmm. but it's like the message is like, dude, like this dude has nothing. He's trying to make it. Um, He's got. He's he's coming from, like the the basically the streets, like every, every other fucking rapper, you know, right. air quotes. But you know, this dude, you can you. He's more believable, right. like what, whether it's true or not, which you know it seems to be true. But like you know, he in life after death, he's talking about um, you know, sewing gator albums yeah or the logos emblems, yeah, yeah. The emblems on the shirts to think you he's wearing polo and shit like right that, that shit's fucking real man and like you don't hear a lot of people and he he embraced his like look like he was not a good looking dude no like, he he was like look i'm not trying to be sexy i'm not trying to be you know a gangster this is what i am i can uh, this is where i come from and well they, they even had that skit on ready to die where he's like fucking some chick and she's just insulting him the right. entire time yeah you know, these big fat black motherfucker or right, whatever the hell she right. was saying. You chicken fried eating yeah. whatever. But yeah, that uh that's that's definitely that one is a good album and yeah, Life After Death is pretty good. I will say the um the post that he there was two albums that came out after he died. There was Born Born Again. Born Again and then there was the Biggie Duets. Yeah, I can't stand either of them. So I don't like most of the songs on it. I would say the Born Again, the one song I like was um Dead Wrong. Dead Wrong with Eminem. Um but I think I mean you could take Eminem out of that and it's still a solid song. I mean it's almost a fully complete song. I didn't care for him. Eminem. On that song. The I rest think, of the song I liked. I did not care for Eminem. I think Eminem comes so hard on that, though. Like, that is such a, like, his, that's another song. Like, it'll pump me up. Like, I get to that part. Like, the whole song's great. I know the lyrics front to back, but then Eminem comes in, and it's such a fuck, the delivery on that, the rhyme scheme he's got, the fucking, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, you never, uh, got machetes and swords. You never met him. Something. Uh, what was the, God damn it. Or he says, what does he say? He's got, he's got a line in his pocket. He's lying. I got a nine in my pocket. Baby, I'm just re- ready to cock it or something like that. The way it's just fucking like. <laughs> I got a line in my pocket. I'm lying. I got a nine in my pocket. And baby, I'm just dying to cock him. He's ready for war. I'm ready for war. I got machetes and swords. But any faggot that said he was wrong. I know I'm butchering it. Right, but you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the fucking, just the, the speed he's coming in at and. I think it's a great song. That's the only song off that album that I like. And then the Biggie duets have two great songs. Because you mentioned this earlier with Jay-Z. There's one called, um, I think it's just called The Commission. It's Jay-Z. I know this is a post-death. Right. But it's just Jay-Z and Biggie on it. And it's a hard song. And it's it's one of those verses of Biggie's that wasn't recycled from something else. Right. It's fully original. Uh, Jay-Z's on it. Like, that. that one's good. Um, 
And the only other one I would say off of that is a close second, but I look at it like a remix is when he they redid Notorious Thugs with Bone Thugs on that album. Okay. Um, because yeah. they've already did a song together, so I just look at it like, oh, they just remixed it. Right. See, what I've listened to off the Biggie Duets, all I can think about when I think of that album is Jazzy Faye. <laughs> like, fucking, you know you know what I'm talking about. I forget what... Uh, it, the, the original song, I think, was called Nasty Girl. Yeah. And they remixed it to Nasty Boy with, like, Murphy Lee. And yeah. Jim. He's like, he's like, Biggie Duets! <laughs> you know, just at the beginning, and you're just like, oh, my God, this is going to be horrible. And that was the single. Like, that, that was the that single? was the single off of that, and like um, so, like I I don't even know if I listened to the whole album before, but because that made it so cringy, like Biggie Duets, and like just <laughs> Jazzy Faye's fucking fat ass, like dude, you you were just working with Sierra, like come on, dude, like fuck. Yeah. No, I think I think it, what what stands out with uh, the duets one is the ones that are like people that actually legitimately worked with them. Um, the what was weird about that one, I remember buying that. Because I was excited for it at the time. Because it was also at a time it was kind of like a dead zone. Yeah. It was like 2005 where there really wasn't a lot coming out that wasn't G-Unit. Right. Um, so I remember grabbing that. And like the first song on that is like a, has a feature with Eminem. Biggie's not even on the song. Diddy's not even on that song. Like it's just Eminem and I, I think it's just Eminem. And it was like, would you just get a pop an Eminem song on this? Like that's what we're doing? Good I thought strategy. it was the duet. Where's the duet part? Yeah. <laughs> Biggie may or may not be featured on these songs. Yeah. <laughs> but uh we'll go into my number one then. Okay. Since we hit your number one yep. with my number two. And my number one is um and I'm sure hundred percent sure if you made an all rap list, this would be on it. It's Illmatic Nas. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, this is a good one. I like this one front to back as well. He um sto- the storytelling on it, just like ready to die. Um, from you know, it's almost like you know Biggie came from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. This is the story from Queens. Um, and the craziest fucking thing about this is Nas wrote it when he was like 15. Yeah. So um, every song on there, and and you got you almost have to listen to it front to back mm-hmm. um, because each song, like if you have the you know CD dating yourself. Um, it rolls right into the next song. Oh yeah. Like it's yeah. such a good flow. And even like, I think it's 10 tracks. Number five is called halftime. Like it's yep. like, you know, you're halfway through the album. Fucking great song. Um, one love fucking good song. Yep. Not that many radio hits on it, Mm-mm. but I think one love was the only radio hit. And that's basically just him, you know, writing a letter to his boy that's in jail, telling him what's going on on the streets, saying that, you know, his girl gave birth to a baby boy, mm-hmm. you know, she she might be a snitch, you know, like, she's running with a different crew, all this other shit, um, but Nas is my favorite rapper, um, this album, Stillmatic, I Am, um, Hip Hop is Dead, mm-hmm. those four albums, fucking amazing, um, the untitled album's pretty good. I can't say the uh, name oh, that it was yeah, going yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah. The N word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Illmatic. I mean, this is you know, if you talk to anyone that likes hip hop rap, that actually knows what they're talking about and doesn't like fucking Lil Xan, um, <laughs> or whoever the fuck, like people our age, yeah. they're gonna they're if if they don't put this album or Ready to Die in their top five, there's you probably don't want to talk to him about rap music. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. 
it's and and the thing is, is there's no features on this album. No, it's just Nas. But he has um, probably the greatest producing team, um, DJs and producers mm-hmm. um, for this album. He had like four or five. What well, didn't at uh, the time. Search help produce that? Yeah, Search Search like kind of discovered him. Okay. Um, but they had uh, Alchemist. They oh, had yeah, that's right. um, yeah. who was it? DJ uh, was it DJ Clue? Or I think it was DJ Clue on there and a couple others. I could be wrong, but they were big names at the time. I mean, yeah. I was fucking eight years old. So, <laughs> um, but I saw him in concert for his um, 20 year anniversary of Illmatic mm-hmm. in 2015. And was that bit, the one? That was that was that? No, that was um, the one with Lauren Hill that we went to. Oh, okay. I went to one. Um, it was at the uh, Fox. Okay. Theater, gotcha. and he basically it was a documentary of the album, how he made it, mm-hmm. and then he did the album front to back, and then he did like a couple songs like "Made You Look" and you know um, "One Mic" mm-hmm. shit like that. After you know probably three or four songs that uh, of his that were huge, and right. but this album, man, for us for an album not to have pretty much any radio play, mm-hmm. this album is so good. His lyrics, his storytelling. Like you could, it's one of those albums where you can sit down, you know, close your eyes and vision everything that he's talking about. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. No, it is. It's a fucking, it's, it falls in, I think that came out, what, 96 as well? Uh, 95. 95? 94, 95. Same, yeah, that, that, that era right there, 94 to 96 was like a hot time, again, where it was like people were starting to come out outside of just the fucking gangster rap that was massive you yeah. know the nwas and dr dre and everything it was like this new fresh sound that was that at least this is coming from me yeah i'm like what eight nine years old when this yeah. is all happening but uh probably maybe no probably younger than that 94 um seven um but uh uh i it it was like a like this this crazy sound where everyone was kind of the technology was getting a little easier yep. people were sampling a lot more i mean because you can't sample now right. you can't even try to you're gonna get fucking hammered or you gotta yeah. have a lot of money like kanye yeah. in order to do samples um but yeah it was i mean you know like like, like i was saying before we got you know nas biggie buster rhymes jay-z tribe you know try i mean tribe came out in like 90 but yeah. they were really hitting in their own and when they got into like um what was it? Midnight was it? Midnight Marauders. It was like their third one. I want to say. I, I always get confused. Or low end theory, but uh, yeah, it was just especially on the East Coast, man. That was like a big time. You know, obviously right before. I mean, Tupac was doing his thing, but you know, it was. And, and speaking of Tupac, Nas. I mean, Biggie. Biggie always claimed that he wasn't beefing with Tupac. You know, like yeah. who shot you wasn't a diss at him, whatever. Yeah. Nas, I feel like was the only guy that would look at Tupac and say "fuck you" to your face. Yeah. Like, Nas did not like Tupac um, at the time. You know, they were beefing. He uh, took um, Nas made a song taking uh, the hit him up. Mm-hmm. beat and you know made a song called it's mine talking about thug life is his right and all this shit and like he was one of the only people that him mob deep were the only uh, almost the only people that would be like no dude fuck off like you can't just fucking diss everyone and get away with it like we're gonna diss you back right so yeah it's, you can't just you can't build an entire career off a of cheap heat and right. i think that's that's part of i think tupac's downfall i don't think i i definitely think tupac is a is a talented rapper 
Um, but obviously, he didn't make it into our list here. Um, and I mean, look, other people, we, you can have that debate forever, who's better, Biggie or Tupac. But at the end of the day, part of Tupac's thing is he's overshadowed by all the fucking bullshit yeah. that was going on. And yeah, he got a lot of cheap heat, you know? 50 Cent did the same thing right. in a way, where you just you go after everybody. Eminem kind of did that. And I think when you start doing that, it starts to overshadow the music. When artists do that, like 50 Cent, when he started attacking everybody other than just Ja Rule, right. like I think it was, what Massacre. was it? Massacre. By the time the Massacre came out, I was like, I'm done. I got to get your, your, like the Massacre's not a bad album, but that was where I go from Get Rich or Die Trying, where like, oh, this guy's pretty cool, to like, all right, man, it's like, this is this is becoming... The beef is becoming more important be, than it, the music. It's becoming WWE. Yeah, yeah, that's know? it. That's exactly. It's like exactly. you know, he's he's the top dog and just trying to take out anyone near him. Like yeah, and and you don't really have to do that, you know, like to just get recognition. And speaking of Tupac again, that was the one artist that we, you know, I just talked to you before we went on air. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was like, you know, there's one artist that I I'm pretty sure you didn't put on, yeah, and I didn't put on. And, you know, that's probably the most controversial, especially yeah. with mine since it's all rap. Right. Um, I did have it on my list of 17. I did have Me Against the World, but it, it didn't even make my honorable mentions when I, you know. Yeah. Um, well, he's got some good songs. I won't take that away from him, but there's a lot of them. I listened to his albums, you know, from beginning to end, and it's just, you know, it's it's nothing that stands out to me. It's just, he's he, he's a good storyteller. Yeah. But lyrically, is he as, 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 he as like, fluid as, like, Biggie? I don't he's, think so. He's got a lot of recycled rhymes. Yeah. Um. Machiavelli was a good album too, the Seven Day Theory. Yeah, that 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 and Me Against the World were probably his two best. But um, he had recycled rhymes, and I always compare him, and I always get shit for it. Mm-hmm. I I compare him to Little Wayne. Yeah, and the reason I do, and you know, people are gonna think I'm fucking crazy, but Little Wayne and Tupac both have fucking thousand songs out there, right? right. Maybe a hundred are good. Yeah, maybe when you put out that much material. It's You're, gonna get it's the it's, odds yeah, are against it's, you. It's watering everything down. Yeah, that's why I think like from what I understand with like someone like Eminem, for example, like he puts out just one album, but he's making music constantly. But he filters so much of it out that you don't you only hear what the cream of the crop is. Right. Where like I think I think one of uh, what kind of opened my eyes to that with with say Eminem was he put out Relapse right and Relapse I thought was really good for what it was but then they went back and they re-released it like a year later yeah. with additional songs on it, it yeah. had that extra disc it also had Forever on right. it and I was like I listened and I was like these songs are okay but yeah they, you probably could have left them off yeah. like I didn't you did these were the ones you, they were probably on the list of tracks to submit and they're like nah they're not really adding anything. right. Um, a lot of times when you get those, uh, there's other artists that have put out, you know, here's the main album, and if you get this deluxe one, you get the second disc. He, well, he did the same thing also. With Curtain Call. He did the same thing with... Uh, he did it with Curtain Call. I mean, Curtain I Call, yeah, there was, because it was the greatest fact, hits. Yeah. Uh, the one, the radio hit. Um, uh, with uh, Nate Dog. Uh, 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 shake Your shake Ass. It, shake That shake Ass. That, shake That. Or Shake, shake that? that. Is that... Uh, yeah, 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 shake your ass is mystical. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, shake that, and then there was a soft one like yeah. Mockingbird or something like that. Um, and then yeah, those were ones that were obviously scrapped somewhere. And he just like, well, here's a greatest hits album to make you buy it. I'll throw these three songs on, right, it and go nuts. Um, but I, I think he did the same thing with the Marshall Mathers too, where he had a second disc of had some interesting songs on it. Um, but obviously, 
there's a reason why they didn't make the cut. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with Tupac. And the other thing with Tupac is since he died and then his his estate or whoever owned the, the rights, you know, were just fucking everybody and their brother were putting out fucking post-death Tupac albums. Even Eminem put together one and made him say shit like G-G-G-G-Unit. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, God, what are you doing? Like, and, um... You're just fucking... Why don't you... You're, you're, you're fucking dancing on his corpse at this point. The other thing about Tupac is if he wouldn't have died, I think he would have... I, I definitely think he would have been in people's top ten. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I don't think he would have been anywhere near t- number one. He probably would have faded out. So I think he would have become an actor. Yes, he absolutely. I, I think he would. Have, I think it would have been like not as dramatic, but I think it would have been more of a like a Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, see obviously he only had like one song, but you know, I think I think he would have stopped doing music. Well, he was already doing movies, you know, before he died anyway. So it just like Ice Cube, you know, he transitioned into that because. Be yeah, honest. that's a better example than fucking yeah. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Well, I mean, he did go from the you know the Funky Bunch, yeah, you know, yeah. to to Boogie Nights. Yeah, you know, Ice Cube <laughs> didn't make my list. I'm sorry, but you know, but, he's one of my favorites too. But he, he just we talked about that too. Yeah, not to just, change direction, but um, if I could have put an, a greatest hits, yes, Ice Cube would have went on. Oh, absolutely, and yeah, that was one thing. You know, I was thinking when I put this together is there's a lot of lot of bands and rappers and that that I like. Um, but I, I, I like their greatest hits comp, how I got into them, you know, like how I got into uh, George Michael barely made this list because I got into them because I bought on a whim, uh, uh, a greatest hits double album back in 2011 or 12 and, um, listened to a bunch of his music. And then I got into that patience album through that, but I would do that with a lot of bands and stuff where uh, that's how I would um, start to jump into it. Like when I was going into my grunge phase, you know, I bought a, a double disc compilation of Pearl Jam and, the, you know, a compilation of Nirvana and, yeah. you know, got in that way and then slowly dug my way through. But I don't think Pearl Jam and Nirvana would make this list because I don't like any of their one albums all the way through like that. I like their hits and that's and, it. And this actually, uh, I going back to, I don't know why it just popped in my head, in the Jay-Z, mm-hmm. um, one album that I could have put on here, but... I mean, I I guess I could have got around. It might have been a loophole. Was the collab with Lincoln Park? Yes, that's that, a good one. That one, I think it's only four or five songs. Yep. But those, the way they did that, like artic, art, 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 I don't know the, the mashup the, that yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't say that word <laughs> that I want to say artistically. Yes. Yes. Um, it was amazing. I mean, it was the first of its kind, and yeah. and other people tried to duplicate du- duplicate that, mm-hmm. or or you know try to use that uh, that formula, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. Like they mastered that, and it was ama- an amazing album. The encore numb song, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one of my favorite Jay Z songs of all time. Yeah, they did a really good job with that, and I'm curious. On a side note, um, I was thinking about this not too long ago. Um, there's a there's a mashup that was done with the Black Album. It's called the Gray Album. That's uh, this guy, uh, Danger Mouse, who went eventually because of the notoriety from this mashup, went on to produce the Gorilla's second album. He created Gnarls Barkley. He, you know he's he's a you know world known producer at this point. But his early where he got a big chunk of his name from is he did this mashup with the Beatles White Album for the instrumentals, and he took the acapellas from the Black Album. Right. And he created the Gray Album. And the beats that he made from the Beatles music was fucking phenomenal on this. But 
he every time he tried to host it somewhere, he would get taken down for copyright. Right. So it created this whole thing of like with these mashups, like what you know, this is the hot new thing, but you know, it's it's rebellious because you can't get it anywhere. It's technically illegal. Yeah. And so I think I think if memory serves. Jay Z was smart enough to link up with Lincoln Park to be like, well, let's do that. Let's mash up mm-hmm. something here, and then we can everyone can benefit. Yeah, and, and it, uh, it was a very good crossover with the rock and rap. Yes, you know, you got, yes. um, you know, everyone goes back to the Run DMC Aerosmith thing. I didn't really care for that. Neither I think I. it's a very overplayed. That video is fucking stupid as shit. I, I mean, don't I even like came, Run DMC anyway. I know it came out in the eighties, but it, the video is dumb as fuck. It's so corny. Um. <laughs> And it's like a Hogan promo. It is. It's like a Hulk Hogan promo. Um, so, uh, but the Lincoln Park, man, that, I think that was one of the best crossover yeah. um, songs, albums that you can r- come across. Yeah. Um, real quick, I'm not going to go into much detail okay. about them, but here are my honorable mentions. I have three of them. Um, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. Okay, sure. You know, easy easy choice right there. Yep. You know, people may have thought, why isn't that on the list? Because it's one of the top uh, albums. You can almost look at albums. it like the Chronic Part 2 featuring R- nothing but Snoop Dogg. Right, pretty yeah. much. Uh, Warren G, Nate Dogg. Yeah. Um, I have Legal Drug Money by Lost Boys. Okay. That's another album um, similar to, similar to, I would say, um, like a... Illmatic, not not as you know. I don't know. It's a it's a lot of storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's one of those albums again that you can kind of smoke and just close your eyes and kind of vision everything that they're talking about. Right. Um. It's uh, Mr. Cheeks comes from Lost Boys. Okay. okay. And um, a couple other guys. Uh, and then the last one is uh, a Gangster and a Gentleman by Styles P. Okay. That's with um. Uh, what's it? good times? The um, it's uh, I get high, high. Oh high. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Um, but it the album features almost everyone from the Rough Riders. Okay, Eve's on it. DMX is on it. Um, I believe Jadakiss is on it. Um, I'm not a huge Rough Rider guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like it here and there. Um, I like DMX best out of all of them. But right, but this um, this album from Styles P is is pretty damn good um i remember getting it actually like i think my brother burned it for me and i was like well i'm you know i'm probably barely gonna listen to this right i put it on i probably for a whole summer that's all i listened to while i was playing video games at my parents house mm-hmm. you know so came out in i think 2002 so that's a that's an album worth checking out okay gangster and gentlemen yeah, I have a couple runner-ups as well. Um, obviously, I've mentioned some of like the relapse and you know some of the other albums that we've already touched on that I didn't put on my list necessarily, like or, or Illmatic being that. Uh, but two in particular um, that uh, one is Mystical. Uh, what is what's the name of it? Is it Ready to Not Ready to Rumble? God, I always get the name <laughs> wrong. It's fucking uh, with David Arquette featuring yeah. David Arquette. <laughs> yeah, and it's, Jimmy the King. It's the one, um, it, Let's Get Ready is what it is. Wait, okay. Before you go into that, who was the other guy in that movie besides David Arquette? His far- friend. I don't remember. Who, like, David Arquette was, like, a decent name, but his buddy. I don't in remember. That movie. I know. Do you I'll, know? Who, do you, uh, can you picture him at least? No. No? No, I don't. I didn't mean to, you know. No, I'm trying to. Oh, I know. Okay, I know who. 
He's uh Scott Can. I know him. I know who this guy is. For he was like an entourage in like the later seasons. Right. But outside of that, I'm not too familiar. Um, but yeah, uh, let's get ready with mystical. Um, that's got shake your ass. Yeah. A lot of Neptune's produced stuff. It's not his first album, but it's a, his biggest album. See, I never got into mystical. I like I, I, shake your ass is all right. Yeah, but danger. I'll have to, I'll have to, I, danger is good. Yeah, I, I'll have to check this album out because I'm I've never got really into him. Just like juvenile. Like I heard yeah. 400 degrees is really good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because he came from No Limit is where he yeah. started. His first couple albums were on that and he it was just but the production sucked. It was all that no limit production. Did he he, he debuted on uh make him say uh, right? Uh he might have. I'm not sure. It was either him or Juvenile. He might have cuz yeah, I think Juvenile also came from yeah. from there too. Um but uh yeah, let's get ready. He really found his own sound. Obviously helped out a lot by Pharrell and the Neptunes. Um, there's other uh, songs on the album though, but that was like the. I remember I bought it on a whim from one of those music catalogs where you buy one album oh, really? and you get like five more for like a penny each. So I've got his. I got Destiny's Child, the one that has you know say my name on it. Um, Great song. I got uh, Nas, the one that had uh, Hate Me Now on it. And then I got Puff Daddy's fucking solo album back when he was Puff Daddy. It's the gray cover where he's sitting on like a beanbag chair or something, <laughs> or a Men in Black chair. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking yeah. about. We, <laughs> a lot of uh, you know, a lot of the younger people won't be won't remember those catalogs. No. Man. <laughs> yeah, that was a good deal because then it was like all you had to do is pay the shipping and handling yeah. for the additional ones, and you're all set. But yeah, that one was like surprisingly. I figured I was gonna like the Puff Daddy one. Puff Daddy sucked. Um, but yeah, this one was the the standout album that I bought from that, and then he followed up with Tarantula. With Tarantula is another fucking solid album, mm-hmm. front to back. Like, and then uh, then he got popped for fucking having sex with an underage chick, and then he went to prison for years. <laughs> so that's the end of his career. All right. <laughs> but and, yeah, and then the other the other yeah, I was um, gonna say well, what's the other one? The other runner up. It's actually technically it's two separate albums, but I look at it as one. It's Justin Timberlake's 2020 Vision. That is. Talking about Michael Jackson and the production on that, it, like like I said, with the Escape album, I think is the same. I think Timberland did the Escape album, if memory serves. He also did the production on um, the entire 2020 Vision now, double album. Now, what songs are on this? Because I know Timberlake. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of Timberlake, but I don't know albums. This has got um, this has got Justified. And, this is, yeah, this has got Suit and Tie with Jay Z. Okay. Uh, it's got hold on, let me pull it up. Um, I mean, a lot of the songs that I like aren't the hits. Right. Um, like, Mirrors is pretty good. Suit and Tie is the big good. Push Your Love Girl um, is, is pretty good. Um, um, Starship Coop is, is good. Um, you may not... You'd probably know it if you heard it, though. Right. Because the way that the songs... they Each song in the entire double album flows into one another. Right. Like, even Suit and Tie... When you listen to that song, it has like this slow build to it, and then it pops into yeah. like the the poppy version it is. But it's coming off of the previous song, which is a bit slower. Well, that's how that's how the chronic is. Yeah. If you ever listen to the chronic front and back uh, on CD, uh, because I don't think it really does it with Spotify. Yeah. But you can if you start say track number three, mm-hmm. it'll uh, it'll start with track number two ending. Yeah. So it flows right into the. Well, it's the same thing with like gin and juice. Like everybody yep. hears them, someone pissing yeah. it's from the previous song right. leading up to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what I was getting to. Um, a couple albums that I'm surprised that you didn't have on mm-hmm. uh, since uh, we're kind of maybe wrapping up right now. Yeah. Um, Spice. 
That's spice. how Spice was going to be on Oh, Spice, spice Girls. Yeah. I thought you meant, I thought you were talking about like Spice One. No, <laughs> I was no, like, no. no, I'm not in Spice no, One. I thought, you know, I thought Spice would be on so, there for you. To be honest, that one, I didn't think of it until after, right before we were going to come on. And I was like, oh, man, that could have fit. But to be honest, it falls again into the thing of, it's only got ten songs. It's I played it out so much as a kid, yeah. That it, it's it's nostalgia. It's almost I would put that up there with like if I was gonna do like a meme album compilation, it'd be that and like Lou Bega, Lou Bega. <laughs> Mambo Number Five. <laughs> That's only one song. No, no, the album. Okay, the whatever. whole album is solid, man. All right, I had that. But, shit uh, as a kid. another one that I'm surprised you didn't have on there was uh, any DMX. I was surprised either Grand so, Champ or and there was X. I was thinking of um, and then there was X while we were talking. Um, I didn't think of them until you started mentioning the Rough Riders. Grand Champ, I would probably put up there as one of his better albums I can listen to front to back. I like uh, and then there was X. I like uh, the Great Depression. Um, but there's a lot of songs within that that I don't like. Where right. Grand Champ is one that there's a few songs I don't like, but for the most part, I can go front to back right. on it. But at the same time, DMX, I got to be in the mood for it. With all these ones that I named off, at any point in time, yeah. I could pop it on and I'd be, I'm good to go. And um, I, you know, if I mentioned a couple times, like if you had made. Mm-hmm. An all rap one because like when we came up with this idea, we were just like, all right, top ten albums, you know. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I took it as all right, we're doing rap albums because yeah. you know that's what we usually talk about. But um, we mentioned it before, Obi Trice. Yes, I think that would have been on yours. So Obi Trice, um, I, he, he was a contender on it, but it goes back to that thing that I that we were talking about where because of all the Ja Rule bullshit, yeah. it kind of. Dates it, age, it, yeah, ages it, yeah, and it's so it's harder. It takes me out of it. It's got some. It's every song is is pretty much solid throughout the whole thing, um, but it, it does take me out of it. There's other uh, other artists that I was thinking of um, in the same vein. Um, underground artists, uh, like say like someone like Esham or something, where they got some good good albums or good um, yeah, some good albums that that I can go through. But at the same time. It not necessarily the songs date it, but the time of my life that I was listening to yeah. it is dates it. Where I was a lot younger, I was a lot more, um, you know, what what is angsty and fucking mm-hmm. angry as a teenager. You know, ICP albums and stuff like, and especially working for him for how many years <laughs> kind of you know turns me off a little right. bit. Um, but uh, yeah, another one I I'm, uh, had, I'm uh, the only one that we didn't really touch on that was somewhat on my list because of just mm-hmm. this discussion at the end. Um, was Devil's Night D12? Yeah, D12. There was a period where I, there, I remember there was one summer that I was listening to Devil's Night a lot. I don't know why I was, um, but I was listening to it a, a whole lot. But it kind of, it, when I go back to it now, there's really only a couple songs I like, which the, my, the best one on that album, I think, is Shit Can Happen. Yeah. The first song. Like that one is that's a hard song. It's great. Uh, a lot of the other ones are kind of like, eh, it's okay. But they, the production gets a little muddled. It gets a right. little bit bland. It has the same sound to it a lot. Um, I think D12 World is is pretty good. But again, it falls into that thing of I, at that time Eminem was trying to distance himself a bit. Mm-hmm. So there's songs without him, and I think that he kind of carries that group a yeah. bit. Um, and, De- oh, definitely. And then there was in that album they got a little experimental where um, you know Bizarre had some weird song 
uh, solo song. Uh, fucking like about his dad, right? Um, something like it was just one. Of, I mean, it was a bizarre song. It was, it was, yeah, I mean, it was called like Daddy or something. It was weird. Yeah. And I mean, it was one of those ones where they had to actually censor a fucking parental advisory fucking, uh, you know, certain lines out of it that they used to do back then because he was just saying some shit that was so off the wall that yeah. the record label didn't want to put out. Um, but uh, it, that one, and then they they kind of would mix it up with like I remember they had that song Forty Ounce, that, which yeah. really didn't. It was good, but it didn't really match like what right. they normally would do. Right, that was more of like um almost like a headbanger club. They were tr- song? I think they were trying to tap into that crunk sound right. at yeah, the time. Yeah, for sure. And I would say even um, one of them, that I will say another contender for me was Crunk Juice. Yeah. But it also falls into that thing of like, it just takes me back to a time that I can't relive. It, it's almost, it's just nostalgia to right. me. It's a great album, I think, front to back, but... It's it's a I think it's a little too gimmicky. Yeah, it's it's like listening to that's why Ludacris didn't make any of mine. Yeah, you yeah, know, it, I could see that. It's you know I can listen to it very like I listened to it so much when I was a kid or in high school and stuff. That now it's like you know it almost seems like it it sounds like and this is gonna sound kind of weird but mm-hmm. it's like immature rap yeah yeah like you know like well it's like it, it's like rap for kids like yeah he's swearing he's cool but yeah. like he's not really that cool yeah <laughs> well, a great example of it limp biscuit yeah limp biscuit i love limp biscuit if i want to get if i want to go out and start partying i'm gonna listen to some limp biscuit because it's gonna make me feel childish again yeah like chocolate starfish great album right. you know significant other but come on it's not it's not top 10 worthy it's right. not something i'm going to constantly listen there's, to there's one album that i mean we're getting kind of way off <laughs> but there's one album uh by 213 which is snoop uh, nate dog and warren G. right right they it came out in 2004 2005 mm-hmm. it's called the hard way yes okay, if I this album came out in like 92 because they it, the whole album's g-funk right if this came out in 92, it would have probably been one of the biggest hits in the era. Yeah. But it, I think it ended up being like a flop because yeah. no one at the time listened to that. But that's one to check out, too. If it, I remember it's very, that. It's a lot of melody from Nate Dogg, and it's a very soft. Yep. Um, it's like an almost like an R&B album. And, um, but it, it's... It's pretty good. Most of the songs on there, like I think there's nine, 17 or 19 songs. I would listen to about 14 or 15 of them. Mm-hmm. You know, not not entire the whole entirely the whole thing because there is some corny shit on there and stuff like that's just like all right, I don't want to listen to this. Yeah, but that album is is pretty good. I I think it's one of those hidden gems that you're like, oh, you might find it for like two bucks at media play. Yeah, and be like, oh, this is actually really really good. Mm-hmm. I, I only know one other person that owns the album, and it's Todd. No. So me and him both, I think, bought it on the same day. We both really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that I remember that album, and I think, yeah, I think you're right on that. I think that it was just a little too late. If they would have done it 10 years previously, they would have been great, but it was too. And I, I bet you if they would have held off. Now, granted, I know Nate Dogg died, but if they would have held off and maybe put it out within the last five years, it yeah. probably would have taken off yeah. with the nostalgia, but it just was at a bad, it was bad timing right. all around. I think because it's one of those things that I think they wanted to do a project, like a whole album together, just right. them three for a long, long time. And they just didn't have the opportunity until then. Right. But, um, that's definitely one, uh, worth checking out if, you know, you just need something new to listen to. Right. Well, I think that uh, I think we we covered everything. I mean, we went we went. Um, we I mean, went, we were expecting what an hour and a half. Yeah, and we, we went 
almost two hours. Yeah. So. So. Oh, we're, I thought we were even longer than that. It seems uh-huh. like it. But um, I mean, I we could we talk about this all the time as far Fuck as music, yeah. and I mean, we could go on for hours between music, music videos. I mean, this I think I think this is something we should uh, we should start doing more often because uh, yeah, yeah, we have a lot to say on the subject. Yeah, like and it necessarily doesn't even need to be music, but the top ten um, might be a new series on on the show. Yeah, um, I think you know it gives us a chance to. Um, as gay as it sounds, get to know each other a little bit. <laughs> well, it gives it gives you the listener a chance to get to know us a little bit better. That's better yeah. than just me and you sitting in a room. But um, again, we have uh, the WrestleMania preview show next week, next Saturday and Sunday. We're gonna have part one and two. Oh, that's right. Um, I forgot. Two yeah, it's coming up for it's coming up. um Sunday. I was thinking maybe we could. Uh, since we're gonna have our our preview show for Saturdays, Sundays we might be able to do a little bit of recap. Okay, uh, yep. kind of go back on our predictions and shit like that. And, okay, um, and then we have the video game draft, the characters. Yep, yep. We got uh, two special guests. One already is named, and the other is like a mystery partner right now. Which... But I think I, I think with the timing of that too, I think it'll be pretty convenient because if next next weekend's WrestleMania, right? Yes. So if we if we maybe do the draft uh, the following week or so, um, hopefully some of this corona panic will die down and people will yeah. be more likely to leave their house. So it might yeah. be, um, I think it'll be a good timing all around. And uh, but yeah, I, I, I like I, I like trying different things. I think there's a lot we can do with this, and uh, big things, big, big things are coming. Big things are coming. We, uh, you know, we're opening up our Instagram, yep, our Twitter. Um, we have the special shows coming up, uh, and then after WrestleMania, we'll have a weekly wrestling recap. Yep, which yep. will cover all things wrestling. Yes, and here's here's the here's the thing. So, as you as a listener, if you're like, "Wow, bitch, I don't really know a whole lot about wrestling," guess what? Neither do I. So, you and I are gonna listen or learn in, yeah. together. Yeah. on this, and that's uh, one of the reasons we thought this would work because yep. uh, I was going to do a wrestling show by myself, but. You know, talking to yourself is a lot harder than talking (laughs) with someone. So I've been watching wrestling since I was probably four years old. And, you know, that's the one thing I really nerd out about. So um, as far as that, I kind of know my shit on this. But, you know, I would like to think so. And then some of my ideas are, you know, Vince Russo-like. But, (laughs) you know, if you don't know who he is, look him up. Yeah. Oh, we'll we'll probably dive into him eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, we'll be covering you know what happened on Raw, SmackDown. If there's a pay per view that week, AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing we probably won't really touch on is NXT because I watch AEW over NXT on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's uh, and then with the top ten uh, stuff, I don't know how often we'll be doing that, but that'll be coming. Yep, um, we're gonna be coming with content. Yeah. We're gonna be coming with content on a weekly basis. Um, we're gonna be coming, you know. Getting back to the video games, getting yep. back to the guests, getting back to the guests like normal. It's just it right now is just a weird time with guests, obviously yeah. as everybody knows. But uh, but we're we're coming up with some some other stuff anyway. So um, there should be something. Like I said last week, there wasn't anything, but we're we're living in a strange time right now. But but coming forward, there's always going to be something every yeah. week, if not one more than one thing coming. Yeah, at we're you. we're hoping the the dream scenario we're we're hoping to put out at least three shows a week. Yep. Um, we both have busy schedules, but since you guys are uh, demanding more of us, we're bringing it to you. Yep, absolutely. So with that, I think we did a good job uh, on on this uh, on this up. Yeah. And uh, 
see you on the next one. All right. Till next time. 64-Bit Legends. <laughs> <laughs>